Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Fran, talk to me, man. What's going on? Not much, man. Hey, I'm alive, man. I'm alive and well kicking right now, so it's, I think I'm very fortunate. Yeah, that's that's saying a lot these days, man. Um, just this last week, not not two weeks after no. we addressed, you know, what happened in Buffalo up at the Topps Grocery Store, and a lot of the comments that we said in that episode have been, you know, kind of DM'd to me and you know tweeted to us and stuff about like you guys were just talking about this, which everybody's always talking about this because it's always happening in the U.S. But yeah. it's just so crazy. Like fresh off of that, we've said things like. There's gonna be another one, and yeah. it's only a matter of time, and all this time, and the politicization, and all this stuff, and the conversation happens, and it go in a circle, and all everything that we are in another cycle of it as we speak. Yeah, uh, at uh, a school in Uvalde, Texas, was shot up by a, a 18 year old kid mm-hmm. who bought a gun from a store and went into an elementary school. No, 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 no. no. He bought an assault rifle. He bought an assault rifle. I'm sorry. Bought an assault rifle from the store and went into an elementary school and shot a bunch of kids. Again, he was 18 years old and went to the school, the high school next door. So I don't really know what the logic is there. I don't know if he wanted to exact revenge on his classmates' little sibling. I don't know what the reasoning was. But we are currently in the midst of another cycle of pointless conversations and, you know, political theater and all that stuff and you know this time it's different all the things that i've heard before and i really do hope that this is this time is different but one thing i want to say before i throw things over to you Frank, get your thoughts is we really need to figure out what the word politicization means like that word gets thrown around like politis politis i can't even even say the fucking words it's tough politis it's basically politicizing so Uh politicization politicization of of things so like basically you know uh, a politician will come out and say when 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 a, a, a reporter comes up to them and says you know is there something that we need to do about you know gun reform or something you're politicizing the issue that's not what we need to be talking about right now people are hurting families are mourning you're politicizing this it's not about mm-hmm. that right now yeah that's kind of the shut up 
basically is that's that's what that means. Like, yeah. Shut up. Like we don't. I don't want to hear that right now. That's not what I want to talk about. And the idea that trying to come up with, you know, ways to change this cycle is politicized is politicizing something is crazy to me. So I feel like we need to either start calling people out on that bullshit when they say that, or we need to redefine what that means. Because basically what it means is I don't want to talk about what you want to talk about. And I'm never going to want to talk about what you want to talk about. So let's just move on. That's what I hear when I hear politicizing. Yeah. So aside from that, Fran, we're here again. Yeah, man. Uh, you mentioned the thing about, you know, alive. And I have, I have some thoughts on that myself. What are your thoughts? Um, Just based on like the whole event and like, you know, as a, mean, being just, a parent, everything. Yeah, man. I mean, like it was, you know, from the episode, and it came out when it dropped Monday. It was maybe seventy two hours until yeah, it was like happening again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to hear that news, and to hear that it's an eighteen year old, and then now like getting a lot of details. But you know, for it to be kids, man, for it to be little babies that got a even the, the kids that wasn't in that classroom, the ones that was, and you know, they're all no scarred. Longer, no longer with, are, are you know are they're traumatized for the rest of the for the rest of the the life, teachers. Right? Everybody. So it's like um, hearing stuff like that and having kids, it's like, you know, them going to public schools, it's like you would think they would be safe. And, you know, this happens. It's not the first time this has happened. You know, you had Sandy Hook. But it's like, you know, them being in school. A school in Santa Fe, in Santa Fe Texas, a few years ago was shot up. Like eight kids were killed there. It's, yeah, so it's, it's not like, even new to Texas. And it's, it's like you in school and it's like as a parent, you go, what other way? How can I, for me anyway, you go, how can I? you know, make a living to feed my family, but also also thinking about, like, making sure my family is safe. Like, how do you try to balance those two? It's a lot to juggle. And it's like, and it's that's tough, man. It's like, yeah. these are babies. Those are babies, man. Babies. They don't, they, I guarantee they didn't even know what was going on in no. the moment. That, they didn't even know. They Because they, they, I told you, I went to in a, a situation where it was just like, Thinking about death at a young age, you go like, "What? What's what?" Yeah, it was like those are kids. Nobody was like, "What is?" I didn't like that. I didn't like that this got reported because I really didn't need to hear it. Um, but I did hear it, and so I'm sure other people heard it. But they said that there was a girl that they interviewed Mm -hmm. who smeared the blood of a, a another classmate of hers on herself. Yeah, to look like she was dead. Yeah, and the idea of. How do you go and be a normal person after you do something yeah, like yeah. that? You know, have, after you experience that, uh, seeing your classmates yeah. dead around you, and you had you smeared blood on yourself and had to pretend like you weren't alive, and now you're supposed to go enjoy your summer. Yeah, go to a sleepaway camp. No, you know, it's like, um, it's I don't know, man. Sometimes I think like maybe we, maybe one episode we just come in and don't talk about it because maybe that's part of the problem too. Like maybe oh no, man, but you, you have to because this is like. This is part, it's like, it's hard, this is a hard thing to say. It's kind of, but at this point right now, it's just like, it's part of, it's just kind of like part of day. Like we so, we're so used to it now. It's just like, again, we come over here, talk about it for a couple of days. And then it's like, well, we just go and live our lives until the next one happens. And then we do the same thing over again. Yeah. But to the point where it's like an 18 year old is able to, and this is in Texas. So we already know what. Their gun laws and shit, Wild how they open. stand out there. Yeah, but an eighteen year old can go and get, uh, mili- you know, a, a assault rifle, military style, mm-hmm. you know, weapon. Can't buy white. A regular civilian should not be. Can't buy white claws. No, though. but a regular civilian should not be able to have access to those type of guns, and especially an eight an eighteen year old 
And then it's, it's, it's such a powerful weapon that authorities that are trained to, to protect and serve, you know, the, the community, whatever, are, mm-hmm. are afraid to go like, we don't have the equipment to, to, to go after this person. 19 police officers. And I'm not going to sit here and say they were not affected by what they heard in that no. hallway. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're bad people. But they recognized the threat enough that 19, quote unquote, yeah. good guys with guns were afraid to go in to uh, to face one bad guy with a gun. Yeah. So all of these arguments that I've heard about, well, you know what the problem is, we need more guns. We need more guns. There was a security officer that worked at that school that wasn't there, mm-hmm. you know. And now, oddly enough, we live in this culture. We really, we really need to think about how much we worship a gun. Yeah. Because there are people out in in this in moments like this, their first instinct is to go out and defend the gun. Yeah. Defend rights to have guns. The NRA had their conference this weekend. So and ironic. The, the, that, that was this week. That was this week. Oh, it's insane. Well, the the, the <laughs> it's ironic, but it's it's also disgusting that the same people who are on the television, you know, saying, Hey guys, don't politicize this. We're we're sending our prayers. Ted Cruz, let's say some names. Ted Cruz was there. Donald Trump was there. People that are saying this is a tragedy or whatever had their hand out for that check from the NRA to come and do a speaking engagement and and reassure everybody there that their Second Amendment rights aren't in, in any way a th- a threatened. So that that lets you know where Texas stands as far as the government is concerned right then and there. When you see their top elected officials right after 19 kids were murdered and two adults or however many teachers were killed were just slaughtered. They go to a conference that they're paid to be at to yeah. go, hey, guys, listen, I know we're, we're hearing a lot in the news and stuff. Don't worry. And your, and your boy there. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> dancing. And your boy there dancing. Doing a dance. But it's like. He's such a whore, bro. It, it, if you clap for yeah. this person, it nothing nothing is computing for him other than attention. Yeah. Nothing from day to day, moment to moment. It doesn't sit. He doesn't care about these kids. It's like, oh, you guys are clapping now. Let me do the thing that you guys like for me to do. Let but me what, say a catchphrase. But Let me why do, do we? But why do we. Oh, I don't mean to say we, like, everybody is like, you know, I stand by the second memory. I, but it's like, why do we, it's like, why do people praise that so much? And it's so, out, it's so outdated. There's like, why is it, why is it still a thing? Why are we still? We, we live by the guidelines of people who, whose brains were rotted by syphilis, who slaughtered slaves, used, put their teeth in their mouth when they would have dental problems. Yeah. They would use slave teeth in their mouth. And we use these people's ideologies as the gospel to not be re- to not be reamended, to not be changed, to not be you know modernized. I just I don't get it. Though. Except I just except Roe v. Wade was supposed to be settled law. Now the the fucking George Washington didn't have any thoughts on on abortion, but it was settled law, and they went back and they rewrote that. Right? They they felt like that's something that could be changed, even though it's been settled. But we can't readjust the constitution when the people who wrote that used guns that fired bbs that took 11 days to reload yeah and you know like what are we like are we, what are we talking about man there are guns now that shoot 100 guns i mean 100 bullets in 30 seconds yeah and people have access to them and they're flooded in the streets yeah and we're still living by the same laws of musket wielders 
You know, I don't, understand. I, don't, I, don't I don't understand it either. But that's the country we live in. Those are the amendments, and they're like you know inalienable rights. And I understand yeah. America's the freest country in the world. All that shit, I I get it, man. I I, I love him. I love America, bro. I really do. I think it's. I think that. I think that it's a. Very, it's a country that, despite its flaws, you can accomplish a lot here. There are worse countries that are more tyrannical and more oppressive than the United States. I really do believe that, but. You don't need to you you neither those are not um mutually exclusive thoughts. Yeah. Like exactly. there there's still room for improvement in this yeah. country. And whenever you try to have those kind of conversations, you're met with this like, well, if you don't like it, leave. I just like why yeah, wouldn't you yeah. want to improve the country that you live yeah, in? Yeah, but I feel like this country again, I love this country, I love being here. I get it. But it's like it it's it's so easy, especially if somebody like say if like Somebody was dropped on this earth, you know, today, right? Mm-hmm. And they just live a week and then let us and get back to us and tell us your experiences, right? Give us your their Yelp review. Yeah, give us your Yelp review. And, but it's it's like this country will pick the dollar bill over anything. Anything. People can get slaughtered. Like, but yeah, we're gonna make billions off of this contract yeah. or whatever. It's we're gonna like, lose money mm, if we do this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like that is so gross, man. Yeah. Babies were murdered, bro. But it's like oh, got the NRA. Convention this week. <laughs> gotta go. We gotta, I gotta go, go pick on. that check. It has up. to go on. I gotta go. Get, I gotta go pick that check up. It's just so gross, man. The it's idea so that it wasn't postponed or, or at, s- at the least, you know what I mean? Like just to like just to have so some, some type some of respect. Decency. Yeah, yes. just to have some decency. It's crazy. Hey, man. man, maybe this isn't the weekend we do like the. There's a um, digital videos of guns being fired and people all fired up and excited about guns. Maybe maybe we'll hold. We'll do it next weekend. Maybe yeah. next month. We'll just push it off for a little bit. Like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. You but know. that point you you brought up by you know what was it Pol- was it politicizing everything yeah politicizing I can't say the other word so just fuck it yeah but I I feel like that same term is also is like when people bring people go like now you bring a race into it so yeah I don't want to it it I don't it, talk it, about it it muddies the whole yeah. conversation as yep. soon as you put a label on it like I'm trying to do something as opposed to have a real conversation when yeah. you go oh you're gonna make it about race oh you're gonna politicize it like no I'm trying to have a conversation so we can come to maybe some kind of mutual understanding yeah maybe we can meet in the middle I'm not and saying that's the problem yeah I'm not saying hey I'm not a person that's saying like hey man I think we should take everybody's guns away I don't feel like most sen- sensible people is that's not what they're saying I think most sensible people are saying hey man listen we need to fortify uh, our mental health system so that we can identify these people who are potential have the potential to harm themselves or others and then make it difficult for people like that to be able to buy weapons i think that if you're under the age of i don't know what the age should be but i don't think an 18 year old kid should be able to go into a store and buy a gun right or you know a 13 year old kid should be able to go into a, a, a you know they have um gun shows yeah where you can buy a gun if you have the money you can buy it from a private seller you can buy whatever you want there's no laws there you know, so you can go buy a gun from a private seller at whatever age you want to. Yeah. Um, it's up to the discretion of that person. Like, do I have a moral something? You know, do I feel morally wrong about selling a gun to a 14 year old? No, I don't. Here you go. Here's your gun. Here's the paperwork. You know, so um, a conversation, having a conversation to where you can find those middle grounds. What weapons should be in the hand? Should there maybe there should be like, you know, like I can't just go drive a semi truck. I yeah. got to have a special license to go get a semi truck. Right. So I don't know if maybe is that a conversation? And again, I'm not a gun specialist, right? So maybe these things exist. This is this is where the conversation gets. I'm not the guy, right? All I am is a person who saw what happened this past week, and I feel shitty about it, and I want to talk about it. And you know, sometimes I say stuff that's like, well, that is a thing, and I don't know. But here's my thoughts: is like, 
If you want to be able to buy a gun that fires a bunch of you know, special military style, whatever the fuck, are there levels to these licenses? Or is a gun license just a gun license across the board? I guess that's an open question to whoever. Somebody can get back to me, but it's like, just I'm just saying, like, having a conversation so we can come to, like, what are some things we can do? Yeah. You know? Like, I just don't think a regular person should, should have access to those guns. Who? Why do you need an AK-47 as a person who works at Enterprise Rent-A-Car? What, what are we talking about here? You know? So, again, it, 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 you know, we get into these discussions about politicizing and all this stuff, and then... Then the spin comes. So now the new spin is, and this is, you know, funny enough, I don't even disagree with Ted Cruz on this or the everybody has come out and the whole entire, you know, regime of pro-gun Fuck that people. guy, man. His name's been coming up a lot, like, the past, like, two weeks. Oh, it's been coming, like up, it's been coming, up, it's been coming up for years, bro. He's a, yeah, but he's I mean, a, like, he's, he's a piece of shit. But. I guess because, like, Tops, that shooting at Tops was so, it's like it was so, cl- like, as far as, like, so close to him, I mean, like, by being black people. Yeah. And then that guy, I've been like, Oh yeah, T- you know Ted Cruz was like, you know, I you know I, I, I praised his word. I was like, that's why I I heard his name before. Yeah. But after that shit, I I heard his name like it was it seemed like it was just like coming out at me like, oh, I see this person has like whoever he whatever he preaches, people actually listen to. What I think you're saying. thinking of Tucker Carlson. Maybe that's what I'm. Talking that's what you're thinking. That's what I'm thinking. You're thinking of Tucker Carlson. Him and he's that's a him. big giant piece yeah, of shit. Him. Too. They're both, gi- but Tucker Carlson's <laughs> a lot more dangerous than Ted Cruz. But <laughs> right. it's just speaking about Ted, both of them a piece of shit. They're yeah, well, big old, <laughs> big old dookies. But um, what Ted Cruz has said, his response is he's move it, divert the conversation from guns into say we need to fortify schools more. Now, I'm from what? Ba- no, but hear me out because I don't disagree with him on this. Right, I live in Baltimore, Maryland. Right, I live in a I live in a city where in the summertime kids don't have air conditioning. And in the wintertime, they don't have heat. They close schools in both these seasons. Kids don't get an education because the school doesn't have HVAC systems. Yeah, I've, I've seen videos of schools that the pipes burst from it being cold, and then the, the water froze. So the, the windows have icicles hanging from them from flooded waters in the schools. I don't disagree that, you know, schools might need to get some restructuring you know, kids should be able to be in a, a safe school that, you know, has all the things that they need. But the idea that we need to make schools like prison mm-hmm. and put bars on the windows and, oh, kids can't go outside for recess anymore and all the doors need to be locked except for one door in and one door out. And then there needs to be three police officers with guns at them there. And th- the idea that that's what kids need to be surrounded by. I think that, listen, there's no more damage you can do to a kid than them going to a school where 19 of their classmates were killed. But the response to that being like, let's put them around more guns. Let's have them see guns every day and get used to like walking in a single file line and, you know, uh, being um, getting you. It's almost like to me, it, it almost is like another step in the prison industrial pipeline situation where you get a kid used to walking in a single file line, being followed by police officers with guns, following direct commands really quickly. Don't ask questions. Do what I tell you to do. And then you grow, they grow from elementary school to middle school to high school. And then, you know, the, the system that's so fucked up and full of so many traps catches them and they get, and they go to prison or jail and it's like nothing to them. It's just like, Oh yeah, this is just like elementary. You say you do agree with this. I agree with, I agree with school. I agree with, Restructuring, putting money, investing in schools to make build them up, make them better. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, that, you can, but you not, can, not 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 more police and more guns yeah. and and less doors and more bars on windows and less kids freedom to move around the school and go to reset. I'm saying I agree that there's, there's schools in this country that need to be funded better. Yeah, I and mean, be you know re you know the restructured with 
you know, you know, put invest money into the the brick and mortar of a school. I agree with that. Yeah, but I, that I mean, being the that, solution to school school shootings is like, no. What are you talking about? Why I mean, talking? I feel like, I, but that's 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 obvious before this even happened, though. And it's and to me, it's it's a separate conversation it's, to me. Yeah, it, but also, it, but they, I don't think I don't think they're going to do that if the if the city if wherever the school is located in like say for example in the city, it's not going to go to the it's poor not schools. it's not going to go to the school, especially not, not first, no. absolutely not, and not the poorest of schools that really absolutely need. not. That's, yeah. They're not going to do that. Yeah. So it's just another, not even a band aid. It's just another way for money to be thrown. That's not that. It's not a solution. Yeah. But they'll take the money and throw it at like, oh yeah, and then this uh this this private company that does uh construction yeah. got a grant to fix some schools. They came out. They built some of those trailers outside of the school. Yeah. And uh you know put a new air conditioning it. in it. And then they moved on. And yeah. they made a millions. They made millions of dollars. And the the governor made millions of dollars and whatever. And then the school is in still the exact same situation that it was in two yeah. years ago. You drove. You probably drove past Dunbar as much as I've had. You know how old that and outdated that school is. Incredible. It looks like a building. And it's it still looks open like and it's kids, still open. And kids that's still insane. go to it. And that's insane. Yeah. They haven't done anything to that school since I've been alive. I'm sure. Exactly. Of that. So so <laughs> while I agree that yeah, Dunbar does need a, a cosmetic and an infrastructural rehab, that's not gonna stop a kid, a crazy person from no. going in and shooting Dunbar. Absolutely so we're, what are we talking about? Why are we saying this like this is the new solution? Like, yeah, we need there needs to be one way in and one way out. And more more uh, police officers there with guns. There were 19 police officers there. And they're trying to also blame a teacher who propped open a door for whatever, to get in and get out, or whatever the reason was that the teacher had propped the door open. The idea that it's like, and they used every, to do that it's everybody's when I, and fault. They used to do that when, we was, when we was in school, they used to do this, gym teachers used to do the same thing. Yeah, it's that's hot not, outside. That's it's not, hot outside. Like, you get some air circulating. It's not even that. I mean, when we go outside for recess, the gym door's teach, locked behind the, you. The door's locked behind you. Right, exactly. So if a kid has to go use the bathroom, you prop it open so you don't have to, the teachers have to keep running to the door yeah. and locking it when you have, also have to watch 15 other kids so, that's in the classroom. So Ted Cruz's solution is like, no, no more of that. Lock everything down. When a kid goes to the bathroom, they need to be escorted by a person with a gun. The teachers need to have guns. <laughs> Like we need to be training teachers to be Steven Seagal no. and know how to do backflip. I don't. I think no. that a teacher is the most underappreciated profession in this country. Absolutely, they make no money. They don't get. They get. They're unemployed in the summertime, and you want them to be uh, Jason Momoa now. You want them to also uh, do barrel rolls on the ground and pull yeah. out a Desert Eagle and shoot an assailant. Yeah. On top of teaching your kids for no money, that's crazy, man. It's like it's every everything's the problem but the gun, and I'm not saying that uh, mental health isn't the because that's now the new now the now the uh, pro gun side has now gotten in on that they're fully in on that. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> mental health. People are crazy. People don't go to church. All this bullshit. What? Why aren't we praying? Just a bunch of goofy shit, man. They're just saying whatever they need to say to put it on anything other than what the the most obvious problem is to me. Um, so yeah, man, I don't fucking know, bro. And I didn't even want to spend much time on this because again, my whole thing was like, I'm not saying this kid's name. I'm not saying any more of these people's names because that's what they want you to do. And that's what I meant by when I said, sometimes I think like, should we even come in here and talk about it? Cause maybe talking it's almost like Freddy Krueger. Like, you know, it's like you talk about it and you keep it alive. And then the next person gets inspired because they hear about the, the, the tally of how many kids were killed and victims. And they keep hearing how this person's name is like now it's infamous and living on and on and on. And I go, well, maybe if we don't talk about it, maybe that, that next person won't be inspired. But my way to, but I'm not going to disrespect those kids that way. 
I'm not going to disrespect those people at Top's Grocery Store, which was only two weeks ago. Let's not forget that that happened. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of st- not a lot of stuff has happened in the country, and people are all caught up about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and whatever the fuck. Let's not re- let's not forget that a kid with a with a real straight up fucking agenda went into a grocery store a couple weeks ago, shot up a bunch of black people in a grocery store. Then this happened this week, you know. So let's not forget that either. Um, but I don't want to say these people's name anymore because that's what they want you to do. So I'm going to try to be respectful to the situation and the victims and all that type of stuff and do my best to not make any mistakes and glorifying or whatever these people because they're nothing, you know. And, and so I, I want to try to be careful of that. And and this shit hit me, bro. This shit hit me. And, you know, it was, it was a real some real shit, you know. So I was like I felt like I wanted to go live because it just felt it was like so much sadness so I yeah. just I just took a spontaneous flight, you know, you know, uh, our friend friend of ours, Les. Um, shout out to Les. Um, yeah. There's a Boz Lerman movie. Boz Lerman's one of my favorite directors. He's got a movie coming out. He's doing the Elvis movie. Boz Lerman, um, famously one of, one of my favorite movies is Moulin Rouge. He directed Moulin Rouge, and Les's voice is going to be in this movie. So he had a gig this week, and I was like, you know what, man? Like, this is you need to go make people that pour into you and believe in you and and really are there for you, like you. I got a short list of these people. I want to go make moments and memories with these people because you don't know when the last one is going to be. So he was like, come on, I'm in Miami for two days. Come to Miami, let's go, let's go. And I was like, you know what, man, fucking all this shit going on, bro. Like, you just never know when your time is up. So I hopped on a plane. I bought a last-minute ticket day of when he told me he was going down, went down there, had a great time. And it it was um, – I found the beauty and the sadness that I saw all over my TV, seeing people cry and stuff like that. It just told me, like, no, like – Spend the time with the people that you care about, you know, appreciate what people do for you. Tell them what you, how you feel about them and, 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 and like, cause you just never know, man. Like you, it could just be out of the blue. Yeah. I just, I think, um, I still, I feel like, you know, not this being not the first time we have to go through something like this. I, I still don't, I still don't know how I should handle it as far as like, like emotionally, I don't understand how I should handle it after you know after you hear about these things and then knowing that people you know in this country are dealing with something like devastating like that it's like but also it makes you think like you know for me anyway i go through this like this little phase where it's just like it's like am i lucky that i'm like am i lucky that i haven't yet been in those type of situations or is it like you know i mean like survivor's guild is like people go through this this is horrible things and they go like why am i why am i why am i, I still why haven't here? i experienced why am this? i still here i, I just yeah. don't and, and and it makes you feel like you go like i'm fortunate but it makes you feel like it just makes it makes me just makes me feel like shitty like somebody else is going through that and i still wake up and i get to kiss my family kiss my kids goodbye and then somebody is dealing with something like that where they lose their child loved ones and, and wives and stuff like that it's just I don't know. I just I still don't know how to how to handle that. It's 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 weird. It's just a weird um it's a weird feeling. Seeing a me seeing a me seeing a parent holding them and it's just also like I just in these situations I understand you got to do coverage and stuff, but it just feels so exploitive. But seeing a a camera being held in the face of a person holding a picture of their child. Yeah. Is the fucking saddest thing I've ever seen in my life and I've seen it so many times. So many times, bro. Yeah. Sandy Hook. Um, um, that down in uh, Stoneman Douglas High School, this school now, 
at Topps Grocery Store. Uh, the shooting in uh, in Las Vegas uh, at the Route sixty Route fifty one concert, whatever that country concert. Yeah. Was. Just people holding up photos of their family member who's not here anymore. It's so fucking sad. But when you're a parent, yeah, that's a whole different whole different emotion that's being trapped, uh, triggered, and tapped. And I can't. I, I don't know what that's like. I just know it's sad for me. It was sad enough for me to be like, you know, what, man, I'm gonna fucking go. I'm gonna go fucking live while I can. And like, you never know when your time's up. Like that's how it hit me. Like, I yeah. just wanted to go and just show love to people that I I have love for. I just wanted to go be around people and, and be around energy that I love and and, and, and make memories and and, and 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 things like that. But what is tra- is tapped in you is a I can't relate to that. Yeah. So, and, you know, yeah. yeah. Me and Steph had the conversation about like, do we do we try to exp- do we bring it up? Do we like Sophia's old enough? It's like, do you like <sighs> do you go like, okay, you should do this if this happens. That's so fucked. Up. And it's like, it's like fucked we up haven't done I it, would, but but Sophia would go, what? Yeah. And they wouldn't. It, she wouldn't understand at all. It's fucked up because I want to say no, no, absolutely not, man. Yeah. That's crazy. But like, it's not crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not crazy. So that makes me sad because, like, that's not a crazy conversation to have with your elementary school child. Yeah. Because we've seen so many instances of elementary school children being murdered in school. Yeah. So it's like, as much as I want to go, no, man, let them be a kid and they don't need to hear about that. It's like, no, this happened to elementary school kids. So I don't know. Yeah, man. But I don't I don't envy those kind of decisions that you have to make, you know? Um. Uh, listen, shout out to everybody who's joined the Patreon, but I just, I can't fucking put that music on after having the conversation. Like, it's the second week in a row. Like, I can't fucking put that music on. What music? The, the fucking celebrate music. Oh, I just, I like, listen, yeah. we're going to get back into a groove, I swear, and I'm gonna, it's going to be a long, it's going to be an episode. Might, the whole episode might be, God forbid, let's not, let's hope nothing else happens. Where we, you yeah, know, man, we managed yeah. to change recording days or something. Yeah, yeah, we have we've been having bad luck as far as like, let's come in and try to be the true yeah. crime comedy podcast after a horrible tragedy happens. But um, everybody who supports us, I think that you know how we feel about you guys. But we're gonna do the shout out soon. But I just I can't I can't do that shit right now. I can't I can't read with the music. And, oh, let me your name rhymes with carrot. I can't I just can't do it right yeah. now. So. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into, you know, business as usual. So stick around. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. My affirmative murder this week is about the story of Alonzo Robinson. Mm. Zo. Alonzo, yes, Alonzo Robinson, aka James H. Coiner. Born in 1895. You know. Whenever I hear um, dates, 1800, I go, Pfft. I don't know. I just can't. Can't what? It's hard for me to think of, like, hey, people was alive. Before 1900, <laughs> I go, people was alive before this time. It's like, ah, uh, it's hard that to be. That is so thinking. arrogant. That's so arrogant. <laughs> I get that same pushback when I go, wait, somebody was born in 2013? They're like, and then somebody's like, uh, yeah, people are born every day. You know, it's like, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't, I just can't 1800, fathom. 1800, though, I go, Oh, that's I don't know, man. I mean, well, it happened. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird. <laughs> it's a, a nineteen oh nineteen ten. I go. Okay. So you're saying there's something about the eighteen? That's the eighteen is throwing me off. Okay, throwing me off. Sure. All right. All right. Hey, man. Whatever. However, you got to process. What What's the age of somebody right now? The eighteen ninety five. Let's Let's see. Oh, uh, like you know, hundred and like a hundred and forty five years old or something like that. Is it? 127 years old. Okay, I was off by a little bit. Yeah. Is, people, is, people, is somebody living to Android that? <sighs> think so. Probably in China somewhere or Man. something like that. Yeah. They can still run. Maybe 111. No, no way. No. No way. None of those videos. Though I think after like 99, those videos, those don't exist. There's no what? 111. I think it was like later, it was like 110 around America. Of like America like a, I'd have to see footage of that. Triathlon I don't or something. Those knees could do that. There's no more. All the, all the ACL, MCL, it's just like goop now. But what if you can like repair all that stuff? Oh, are we talking about artificial intelligence right now? Where's your brain? Going? Is that possible though? Can you do that? It's like put your shit, brain in a robot body. Like, the shit, no, no. I mean, like the okay, shit. Okay, sorry. Like, I'm, I, I, the I, I, shit I, that's like deteriorating. Uh-huh. You just get a new. Like you know how they, when you tear your ACL, that's, they just put a new one in. Hey man, we're basically talking about artificial intelligence right you now. You just put new shit this in. This is what Elon Musk wants to do. This is how you extend the life of human of the human race by you know infinitely if you can take your consciousness. But the brain just doesn't. You can't you can't swap out brains yet. You swap out the heart, but you can't swap out your brain. But yet, but I mean, like right now, though, that's you what can't. Yeah. Right now, then you're talking about yeah, you, you give people can. metal. Yeah, people get metal hips and stuff, but I'm I don't saying. know how many of those things because you know your but body you know, rejects get, those. Your body rejects that stuff eventually. Yeah, yeah, true. But I mean, like you know how people get Botox was like you know, Botox and, a, and new knees. But it's like, but it go like <laughs> that's different. I want, I want, I want, I want younger, new, I want yeah, younger I want, knees. I want LeBron knees. I want younger knees. I want young. I want some young knees. Yeah. Uh, at ninety, at at one hundred eleven, I think I think any self respecting doctor would say I don't think this is a smart decision for you, because like if you want new knees at forty five, because you still want to be able to play with your kids and stuff like that, cool. But one hundred eleven, you want to go under intense surgery to get young knees? knees? Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't think any self respecting surgeon would do that. Get like a young heart. They're like, you're not even supposed to still be alive, sir. Get a young heart. It's like, oh. You want to wait to something now? <laughs> to the younger heart. I'm halfway there. 
start being able to do pull-ups and stuff it's again? Possible. I'm sorry, it's not. Is um you can cut this, but is um you know what I was thinking about the other day? Um cloning. Is that real? Mm. Uh are we talking about like officially or unofficially? Both. I would say officially no. I mean, I think you can't they, clone. They, they've cloned. They've cloned some things. As far as it's not like a clone, and then the other, the they've cloned like a sheep and stuff, where it's like the 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 genetic property is identical. But that's not the, is that possible? If that's not possible, I'm in this conversation right now because it's not. I'm I'm not intrigued if that's not possible. I think it is possible as you far can, as they've so done can, it. They've done it on the smaller scales, like I said, like with like a goat or something like that. But the exact same but goat. Officially, I don't know if they've done it with a human. Unofficially, I think they've probably done it with some humans somewhere in a lab somewhere. But yeah, yeah, cloning. Now you're not like you're not like you're like a different. It's like being a twin. Like they birth, they like they clone a, a, a you that looks just like you, whatever. But it's not you. It's not you. It's just genetically the same as you. That's boring. Man. That's what cloning is. I don't give a shit. I don't, it wouldn't be a clone like where you're like, I'm you. You're yeah, me. Like uh, what's oh. that Will Smith movie? It's not like that. I don't remember the 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 uh, bicentennial. No, uh, the Gemini man. Uh, the Gemini man. That is the Gemini man. Shit. But you, everybody knows the the shitty Will Smith movie where the CGI sucks and stuff. Um, uh, I would disagree. I I, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't. It's called uh, Gemini man. Yeah. It's Gemini man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not like that. Where it's like <laughs> he's exactly the same as you. He has the same name that's as you. Crazy. And then, no, that's why I go. That's awesome. Yeah, it'd be a cool to have a clone. Yeah. Yeah. Like On LeBron the, James clones and stuff, and it's like twenty years later, like another one. Just him, yeah. That'd be that'd be crazy. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't because, it, it, yeah, I don't think I don't think of cloning would go like that exactly. I wish. Yeah. Well, whatever. Someday, man. I'm still I, waiting around for them to put my brain in a robot body. I think I, I think I'll be alive long enough that that'll at least be a an robot option. body. Yeah. You mean like there? You that's how you're gonna. That's how that's how um people are gonna become immortal. Immortality is an option once you can take your consciousness and put it into some kind of like robot vessel. Hmm. Then, then all you gotta do you is get forever. Yeah, then you, all you gotta do is get little updates and you know get new parts and stuff. But your brain is in this machine that has a way longer shelf life than a human body. That's crazy. That's that's what um, immortality is. That's what Elion's trying to do. That's what Elion's trying mm. to do. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what immortality is gonna look like in the future. Okay. Well, we may not be here though. Oh man, that guy's determined. Say what you want about Elon Musk, but he's a fucking always doing something. He's a nutcase. But like in a good way. Yeah, exactly. In a good way. Anyway. And a bad way. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays. We'll see how it plays out. He's either going to kill us all or we're going to be on Mars in robot bodies. I guess. Alonzo Robinson. Alonzo Robinson. AKA James Coiner. AKA. AKA. I'm sorry. Because it's James H. Coiner. So I like. I just made up some new. I was like, what does that mean? He's known as. He's known as. James Coiner. Okay, got it. That's a good one, though. He's known as He's HKA. Known as. Hey, I'm stamp that. that. HKA. HKA. He's known as. He's known as. Mm-hmm. Uh, James H. Coiner, born in 1895 into a poor family in Cleveland, Mississippi. <laughs> what? That caught me off guard. Okay. <laughs> Let's get focused. Let's get focused because we're going off. This is turning into a tangent episode. Okay. Cleveland, Mississippi. Yeah. Wow. That was like Ohio? I thought you were going to say Ohio. <laughs> Oh, and you know my thoughts is about Cleveland. Cleveland, Mississippi. I got the same thoughts as Joe Kim Noah, but we won't get into it. <laughs> Cleveland, Mississippi. Alonzo was first arrested in his hometown by authorities in, eight, in 1918 for mailing dirty letters to local women, which at the time was illegal. Dirty letters. Hey, man, let's get his little freak on. That's crazy. But in but now, pen, now in people, pen version. That's is that like the is that like the paper version of a dick pic? You think? 
That's if it's, that's how it's making it sound. Probably. Like, yeah. Because I mean, but I mean, like who? I didn't, and the information I when I was looking up, you know, it wasn't much about this case, but you know, who was he? Now he said he was sending these across the country. Yeah. Like, but I mean, like this is eighteen. 1918 or 1900s sure. early 1900s so it's like there's a who addresses where are you where are you finding these addresses at? Mm, like what do you who do you know. who are you sending these to maybe they had some version of an address book or something back then i'm just i mean like to, i mean a phone book and just send it to abigail fucking yeah and then but something. then but you got to think about it like there's no television at this time you know i don't know radio probably was like a sonograph i mean like a phonograph you listen to one <laughs> you gotta crank it or whatever yeah. so the idea if you're like some kind of sexual deviant the idea just the idea of like i wrote this really gross nasty letter to some random and woman and they're gonna get it and they're gonna read it and they're gonna be shocked and be gross. can't believe it and that might give him some kind of pleasure be grossed out yeah who the fuck is fucking alonzo entertainment for him yeah who's oh james what a fucking name he, he says he wants to slap james. him around and put mud on him and i just want to know what what he's using for names to identify people I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of I wouldn't be surprised if there was kind of like it wasn't a lot of shit going Bell on. Atlantic phone book it wasn't a lot of shit going on in 1918 uh, no man there was <laughs> there was there was there was stuff going there on there was shit. things going what on was I, I just picture <laughs> desert trains <laughs> people were in caves no, I mean, people wore suits and stuff they, like people people things things were moving hustling and bustling so. I don't think so it was an industrial wasn't revolution lot, it wasn't a lot of stuff going on back then but it's okay there was a world war happening people were sending letters to people people knew how to get addresses People, there were they, phones. people that they knew who were family. This you think that's the only way to get some addresses? You got to know them. Yes. You, can find, you can find a random address. I don't. I think you're wrong on this one. I, in a different, in I a don't different know how, state. I can't say how. I can't say how, but I think you could find a random address. I don't think so. I'm sure, there was access to. Like there was random. no yellow pages, white pages in 1980. I don't know if you could say that. Absolutely, for sure. White pages didn't come into effect until 19... Uh, oh, you're going to use your mail knowledge on me. I'm, okay. I'm bullshitting. I don't know. Oh, okay. I was, I was, I was like, oh, okay. This is, this is postal knowledge. Okay, know. got it. Got I it. don't know. Yeah, see, you don't even know. know. You don't even know. You don't even know. <laughs> see? You don't know. I just going to buy it. Yeah, I was. I was ready. I was ready to go like, yeah, well, yeah, this is okay. This might be right up his alley. Because you have to yeah, give them to you have, have to give them to people. You're you're just people that came before you. Your elder statesmen uh, statesmen of of mail had to deliver those. Yeah, we don't deliver those anymore. Yeah, did you ever have to deliver phone books? Uh, I delivered them a couple times when they Workout, when huh? they when they they were the small ones. Got small, it, got it. Small. The thickies probably. Yeah, your dad probably has just like tendon strength in those biceps, from know, dropping off phone books. Phone people. books. I don't know, but I don't think they're, they they existed. Okay, in I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on it, but he got them somehow. They had. Ten, 10 cups and uh strings in uh 19 Listen, man, whatever we need to go to the american history museum again and really go look around because no you're wrong they had cups and strings they had they had dixie, they had dixie cups and string and they would oh, you could only get as far as around a corner yeah that yeah. was it that's yeah. how that's how they kept in touch with people yeah. so you telling me that this guy wrote letters to people to women across the country just wrote random addresses. just random just guessing Bullshit. One, two, three. That whoever his address was, he used the same address, but a different city and different. <laughs> Maybe, possibly. That's crazy. Hey, man. Every That's, every city has a Martin Luther King Boulevard. I know. <laughs> I'll just use this address. Yeah. I'm just fucking Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. Detroit, Michigan. Walla Walla. Uh, Walla Walla, Washington. Yeah. <laughs> so again, sending letters. Dirty letters. Dirty letters to women. Illegal dirty letters. Was, was illegal. So while en route to jail, so he was arrested for this, mm. he escaped. 
while sustaining a bullet injury to his shoulder in the process. So he, as while he yeah. was trying to escape, he did get shot at and get hit and got hit. Um, so he got shot in the shoulder in the process, and then, um, and eventually evaded police for several years. So he was on the run, and he used his he went on to use his alias James, mm. James Coiner. Yep. So using his alias James, Robinson picked up and moved to Ferndale, Michigan, sometime in 1926. Around that time, bodies of decapitated women started turning up around the city that he was staying in, and authorities authorities immediately thought, hey, Robinson, this guy's definitely a suspect. Just got here. Just blew into town. Just got here. Well, Coiner, right? James Coiner. James Coiner. He evaded. He escaped from going to jail. Oh, the police from a, from the previous city, are you saying? Yes. They caught wind of these murders? And, um, yes. And, it was and like, they thought it was James. And I guess I guess they communicated somehow, and it was like, oh, we definitely think it's probably James. It's this guy that escaped. This guy that was escaped. sitting dirty letters everywhere. One of the cities, this one of the cities that he's probably sending letters to, ended up there, and the women just started fucking turning mm, up with no heads. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, so bodies started, uh, bodies of decapi- decapitated women started turning up around the city that he was staying in, and authorities immediately suspect suspected Robinson had something to do with it, but they couldn't prove it at the time. Mm. So by 1927, he was convicted and jailed in Indiana State Penitentiary in Michigan City for stealing a girl's corpse. From a local graveyard. What? For that crime, he was prisoned until 1934. Oh, that's sick. So, um, he did about... He grave, grave robbed. He did about seven years, yes. Did about seven years in jail for, you know... What did he do with it? Digging up a girl's corpse he, he and keeping them. Yeah, he had sex with that body, didn't he? No, no, no. He, I don't know. He, I'm sure he did, but it didn't come up in, the, uh, in hey. my research. But I... Hey man, he did. He definitely probably definitely did. had yeah. sex with that body. So while locked up, he was questioned by Ferndale authorities about the case. He said, "Quote this is what he, this is his words." He said, "I could tell you a lot, a lot of things you'd like to know, a lot of things about murders and murderers, but I'll die first. Mm, he got his Hannibal Lecter on. Yeah, that's the type of shit Hannibal Lecter would do. What?" Like come, I, I, could, I could tell you about a little bit of I things. I could tell you a lot, about of, about things, a lot of things. Things, things that would make you squeal, make you, make you smile, but I'll choose not to. Yeah. And he turns his back on them and put his arms behind his back. And, Good day. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck's this guy's problem? Yeah. Shout out to Anthony Hopkins, man. Anyway, proceed. So after being paroled in 1934, I'm sorry, after being paroled in June 1934, he returned back to his hometown in Cleveland and again continuing writing these nasty, you know, freaky dicky letters to women all over the country. One of them was mailed to a woman in Indianapolis. And while he was being investigated by postal inspectors, shout out, Robinson had already started murdering people. So when they started catching on to these letters and backtracing in or whatever they was doing, it was like yeah. he already started, you know, doing when he was already. Got back, got back to what he was doing. Yeah. So on December 9th, 1934, Robinson broke into a Cleveland home um, of Aurelius B. Turner, and his pregnant wife. While Mr. Turner was sitting in a chair and reading a newspaper, he was hit with an axe by Robinson before being shot. Miss Turner was then hit approximately five times with an axe before he mutilated both of their bodies and kept some of the woman's flesh. He also reportedly struck one of the Turner's children over the head and left the child for dead but did not harm the other child who was sleeping in the crib. Jesus I, don't know, I guess Christ, I don't know man. what 
I don't know what uh, made him go. I'm not going to touch that child. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. The keeping the flesh thing is. This guy's a sick fucking guy. Yeah. As the postal inspectors continued their investigation of the letters Alonzo was sending, they found where he was staying and sent police to arrest him on January 12th, 1935 in Shaw, Mississippi. When officers, you know, they finally got to him, found him, arrested him. When officers searched his pockets, they found more of these little freaky letters that he didn't get a chance to send off yet. Mm. They found. That's red handed. Yeah, they found those little freaky nasty letters that he was sending. They found Miss Turner's, sorry, they found Mr. Turner's pocket watch. They found human hair of Miss Turner's. Oh. And they knew it was hers because of the color of the color that her hair was. And portions, portions of human flesh oh. that was also salted and curd. Oh. He eats it? He eats it. That's I don't know, what he man. Does. I don't know, man. Maybe just keep it to keep it preserved. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what he's doing. This motherfucker's Jeepers Creepers, man. So the bite-sized meat had Afonso's teeth marks in it. Told you. They found his meat that he was fleshy nibbles on. off, nibbled on, put in his pocket. That's crazy. I'll save it for later. Nah, that's crazy as shit, man. So following his arrest, Robinson moved to a jail in Hens County. While there, he was questioned for several hours in his cell by District Attorney Greek Rice, along with Sheriff <laughs> Sheriff. That's his name. Sheriff's <laughs> E.R. McLean and John Roberts. Wait, what? can you spell his name? Can you spell his first name? G-R-E-E-K. His name is Greek Rice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, yes, <sir>. go ahead. <laughs> that's not a name? Hey, man, this is I early. don't know. That's just a funny name, man. His name, is, his name man. is a side dish? Greek Rice, man. That's his name. <laughs> what, what's his partner's name? Uh, Tommy Tzatziki? <laughs> nice. It's a, Greek, it's a Greek joke. I get it. Continue. Uh, he freely conf- freely confessing to killing the Turners because he had an impulse to kill somebody. He also was questioned about the trunk filled with missing women's heads found in Ferndale as requested by authorities Jesus. in Pontiac. So a trunk full of women's a heads. trunk full of women's heads, man. So he was going to these. Well, let me finish what I was about to say. Okay. Um. So they found a trunk full of missing women's heads found in Ferndale as requested by authorities in Pontiac. And although Robinson claimed that the trunk was indeed his, he denied killing the women and instead claimed that they were trophies from various grave robbing expeditions. That adds up because he did steal that body of that woman. Yeah. So he was like, hey, man, I didn't kill him. They were already dead. I, just, I was just chopping their heads off. I just took their heads. Took their heads and that's, threw them in my trunk. That's a sick butt. Imagine I didn't kill him, but I did do this. Yeah, but imagine like this is probably the same move when they went in Jeffrey Dahmer's freezer and was like, yeah. "What the f- fuck yes. is this? A fucking trunk full of decapitated heads of women?" Yeah, man. This might be. This might have inspired Jeepers Creepers. Think so? Well, because you know he had that. The Jeepers Creepers had that. That's what I call them. I don't know what else. There's no. That's the name. Yeah. Jeepers Creepers had a wall full of like sewn together bodies in the wall in the ground and. You know, he would wear clothes and do he little skin faces, right? Yeah, yeah, he would do little weird things that were kind of personal to the people. And this is, uh, I'd be interested to see. Same. Oh, that's not that's not touching somebody wearing a flesh face from somebody else and going, "Hey, this is my face." 
Yeah, no, that, around. Yeah, that's crazy. That's shit. creepy as fuck. That's crazy as shit. It's like, oh, I'm this person. It's like, what? Yeah. Have a wig on and shit. Yeah, that's crazy as shit. Man, you, you are on a different planet. I don't know. There's a lot of people on different planets on, on this, around in town, man. It's crazy. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. So they he, he kept these as trophies, even though he didn't kill them. I don't know how you consider it, whatever, but still, like, I didn't kill these people. I just kept the hits. Well, he definitely had sex with each body of that. If if those are, in fact, all corpse heads, wherever those bodies are, he had sex with all those bodies, and that's what makes them trophies. Mm. You know? Something. He had to do he something. Defiled them in some, he defiled their bodies in some kind of way and then kept their heads as trophies. Yeah. So when he said he stole the bodies and just removed the heads and kept them. I don't believe that at all. He's a liar. So following his confessions, Robinson was was brought to court for his trial. Due to the gruesome nature of his crimes, heavy patrols organized by the Mississippi National Guard were placed both in the streets and in the courtroom. Again, this is a black man in Mississippi in early 1900s where it's like, and, I, yeah. if they if that if y'all won't do something, we will we will get him. Yeah, because like this is like what white people are afraid of. This is what they make up when they make propaganda posters mm, and shit yeah, like yeah. this crazed Negro. He eats people and takes the heads off of your wife. And that's th- this guy is is like they're ready to go. Like this is exact. This is how they all are. Yeah. But this is the first time I've read the story when it's like he is he is uh, strictly guarded off, you know, from the other people. Like usually it's like, oh. They had officers around yeah. but they oh, were like, wink, wink. Sure. Yeah. We'll watch them and then they fucking barge them and get them and they hang them themselves in the yeah. street and but burn they, them but, alive. But they, were, but they were really protecting them. This time guy. they had the Mississippi National Guard was like, okay. This yeah. guy's going to see justice, justice. Justice, justice, exactly. It was a speedy trial. It lasted one day. Convicted, sentenced to death by judge. Subsequently being sent to jail in Jackson for safekeeping with an escort of 200 National Guardsmen. On March 5th, 1935, that 35 sounds like, okay, this sounds a little more realistic, 35. In Bolivar County Jail, between 200 and 300 troops guarded the premises as Sheriff McLean was preparing the prisoner for the execution. Smiling, grinning, whatever whatever term you want to use, broadly, as his, as the black hood and noose were pulled over his head, Alonzo Robinson was executed by hanging on the jail's Schofield. So this guy, sick guy, before death was like, "See, cheese." This and is great. Yeah, this is great. I love this. Whatever. That that's a sick guy. Yeah, but it's like the letters, the escalating to yeah grave robbing. Then he kills that family. Yeah, Who man. knows what else he's done? But this story, in particular, I go. You read the stories from these early 1900s of black murderers, and it's like they were more like they worked for somebody, and they murdered the their employer, and they jumped ship, and then went to another state. Yeah, and they were caught that way. Mm-hmm. I never seen. I don't think I've. I don't think I've done a story where it was like, oh, this dude was just a. He was just a serial killer in late 1800s sure and was like going off and then they caught him and then actually put him to death by execution not murdered by you know people in the streets yeah 
I feel like this is one of those rare well, stories. Also, like I, the I, records are like because you have to imagine, like okay, so if we're talking about the eighteen eighteen forties, eighteen fifties, yeah. things like that, you know, black people were still pretty preoccupied by being slaves. Yeah, right. But but that's what I mean. Though. Let's even say yeah. let's even say there's still black serial killers that existed at this time. Who's keeping the records? But that's my point. Yeah, they don't give. If they're killing black people, obviously, if they're you know, if they're switching over and now, you know, grave robbing white women or killing white families or whatever, those are going to be kept record of. But if they're killing intra, intra, like interracially, yeah, 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 like, yeah, like yeah, within yeah. their interracial, yeah. like within their own people, then who, who, these publications don't give a shit. But and still, those stories where they are killing white people, it's not like, it's not a lot of detail. Like, this story didn't have a lot of, sure. I couldn't find, found as much as I could. Yeah. I don't and know how. That's crazy. I don't know how that's not... Uh, Made into a movie or something. This yeah. is like a horror movie. That yeah. guy's that guy's terrifying, you know. But yeah, this guy, man, he's a sick individual for sure. And um, it those those are the kind of stories. Those are the those are the hard ones where you can't find real detail about something that's so intriguing. Yeah, like man. you want to see you want to see a, a old photograph of a of a letter or right. you know newspapers. Uh, they had newspapers. Uh, yeah, they had they newspapers. Man, what are you? <laughs> What do you think 1935 was, man? I'm talking about like video footage. 1895. 1895 is different than what we're describing with this guy. Did they have newspapers in 18? Yeah, they had newspapers in 1895. They have had newspapers long before then. Newspapers date back to like before the 1700s. Do they? Yeah, the printing press was. I'm not going to even. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say a number for sure. But the printing press was created in like the 1700s. 1700. Yeah, and people was working. Yeah, newspapers. They had <laughs> people were working for money. Money existed. Yeah, man. People had jobs and stuff. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. You're you're crazy. You know what you're saying is crazy. Um, but yeah, no, that's nuts, man. That's a crazy story. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back, Fran. Uh, just to be fully candid, um, I was seventy-five percent done a story last week that I was going to come and do this week after our talk about what happened in Tops. I was going to discuss the U.S.'s first kind of their first known mass shooting, uh, the guy that committed it, and the whole story behind it, and everything like that. Mm. And in light of recent events, I decided I'm not going to do that story, and so I ended up. Uh, pivoting and my affirmative murder this week is the story of Izzy Mimenitute. Excuse uh, me? Izzy Mimenitute. He's a he's a young guy from the Virginia area or he was in the Virginia area. This story uh has been gaining traction and will continue to gain traction over the next few days. So I figured I'd kind of tell people the story of it and this is a complicated one and this is going to I just feel like this is going to be one of those episodes where it's going to be a lot of learning from us and a lot of conversations to be had cuz I already know we're going to have the conversation improperly. I already know we're going to say things that are not the best way to say them. I already know all of those things cuz I already see the conversations that are stemming from this situation and you'll know what I mean once I get into the story friend and you know but yeah, listen, we're here to learn and just because I'm not the most informed on the topic doesn't mean I don't want to learn about it. And, you know, the best way to learn is to discuss it and then you get your feedback and then you try to grow from the process. So, like I said, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Izzy Mimenetute. And, uh, yeah, so here we go. So Izzy Mimenetute, better known as Izzy, was a college linebacker playing for Virginia Tech in 2021, Fran. Okay. 
While swiping on the popular dating app Tinder, he matched with a woman who went by the name Angie. The pair made plans for a rendezvous at Angie's apartment in Christianburg, Virginia, on April 10, 2021. According to Atute, during the encounter, Angie kept her place dark, hid her face with a hoodie, and paid him $50 after performing oral sex on him. Yeah, you heard right. So already, this is already, this is already, this is already, it's weird, and also that's super strange. Like, you go over, you, you match with the girl on Tinder, yeah. you go over to her place, all the lights are off, she has her hoodie tied around her head, hiding her face, she, she gives you oral sex and then gives you money? Hmm. So you, that's this is this is this is this kid's whole experience. He's eighteen years old at the time. This is this kid's whole experience, and then you know he goes on his way. Did they say why? I'm gonna get into. Oh, it. Okay, but uh, give him money. Yeah. So he, he thought it was very weird, and hmm. and Etute alleges that he began to suspect that Angie was not in fact a woman. Right. So, despite his suspicions, he returned to Angie's a little over a month later. <laughs> but I mean, like, does he? Is this like after he leaves where he goes? Well, because I mean, I would have, I would imagine in the, mo- I'm, I don't want to get crass. You know, we have a lot of women listeners. I don't yeah, want yeah. to be disrespectful, but I'm talking to you as, as my boy, yeah. as a guy. Imagine you have that experience with a girl in the moment. I'd be like, this is weird. Why are the, all the lights are off? Her, why can't I see her face? See it, yeah, yeah, She okay. has a hoodie okay, covering yeah, yeah, her yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. paid me to blow me. Like yeah, what, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. what is, what are we doing? Yeah. Then they don't even. I'm assuming he just like left after. I'm assuming they didn't kick it. I'm assuming she, they didn't watch uh, Big Daddy on the couch with her hoodie tied around her face. And they just, ha, 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 I love this movie. I'm assuming there wasn't much like post-coital hanging out. I don't know. Man. I don't think. She gave him $50, like gave him $50 and sent him on his way. Uh, so uncomfortable. I mean, like as far as like walking into a room and it's like. Dark? Dark? I thought like, I was at least I go, getting set up. I go. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't have went into the apartment. I don't know. I guess how old is this guy? Eighteen. At eight, a eighteen year old boy. It, that's why I'm talking to you. That's yeah. that's why I said I didn't want to be crass, but you got to put yourself in eighteen year old mind. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. You got a lady that's saying she might she might want to you know yeah. touch your special place. You get there, it's like oh, it's a little weird, but she said she was going to touch me on my special place. So yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go in. Yeah. I'll I'll entertain it a little further. Then you go in and she starts doing stuff. And you're like, all right, okay. Well, this is this is all weird. Yeah. It's dark. It's weird. I don't. I haven't seen her face. Maybe she's just ugly. I can see an eighteen-year-old kid trying to excuse how yes. weird this is. Yes. But when you put the fifty in my hand after you do something to me, now I'm really like, what the fuck is what? And then you leave, and you're like, that was weird. And then you got that know. sneaky suspicion know. in the back know. of your mind. Eighteen-year-old. I don't know. You don't, don't think it was weird if a girl know. gave no. you oral sex and then put fifty dollars in your hand? I don't think it would be. I think. At 18 years ago, how was the shit? <laughs> I was the shit at what? <laughs> how was, how the, was shit? the shit at getting blown? Shit. That's confidence. I don't know. Maybe I just have a little self-esteem. I would, I would be like, this is suspicious. I didn't do anything. Why would she pay me? This is weird. I would think that was very weird. <laughs> me and me are different. You're like, well, I crushed that sitting there as she did all the work and she paid me. So she's welcome. Yeah, she's well. yeah, so so he left and he had this sneaking suspicion that Angie was not a woman. Now this is the this is the part where this is the first strike for him. There's a ton of strikes. This, okay. this case is crazy, yeah. but this is the first strike for me. I'm never going to speak to that person again after that weird experience. You know what I mean? Like okay. it's like back to Tinder. Like I try to find an, an another person, another girl. Like I, that was weird, but I got sexual gratification and I'm and fifty dollars. 
go get some pizza and <laughs> move on. Yeah. Despite his suspicions, he returned to Angie's a little over a month later. Yeah. So he comes back. Yeah, he's an 18-year-old kid. Yes, he went back. Absolutely, he went back. Okay. I think I'm having a hard time jumping back into 18-year-old. Yeah, year man. Old you, you, That's a weird experience, though. It's a weird experience, but also, he again, the term you just used was he got sexual gratification from it. And $50. And 50 bucks. Yeah, and he's a college student. A college student. No money. And he's 18 years old and was like... It was weird, but it was it, I had a it was fun. You, you tell you went to his friends like, yo, she pays me to blow me yeah. like it's crazy. And then you know, hey man, as an eighteen year old kid, you go one night, you go, why not? Why not? I'm gonna text. I'll shoot the text. Yeah, shoot man. your shots. You can say you now you can go. That's weird, but yeah, as an eighteen year old boy, a blow fairy. That was insensitive. We're yeah. gonna move. We're gonna move. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move. On. <laughs> <laughs> that was me getting an eighteen-year-old mind for a second. Where I go, I mean, now I'm thinking about it. Like a girl that would, a person, even a girl, yeah. a girl. Maybe there's a guy that a girl is like, I'll, I'll pay you money to go down on you. I mean, if there, if you had a good time and it was consensual and all that stuff, it's like they're gonna pay me to do that. Like that's yeah. That sounds like a. That sounds kind of magical, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've changed my mind on it a little bit. But anyway, I'll proceed because it gets darker. It's not It's not all as light, lighthearted and cracked. But, yeah, but I mean, like, for it's, but us explaining that makes, you know, for the, you know, the majority of women listeners that we have, uh-huh. it helps them understand the dumb mind of an 18 year old boy. For sure. for sure. And if you called me, which I can imagine you calling me, yeah. and they're like, yo, this girl did this, that, and the third, and she paid me, I'd be like, what? Are you going to go back every day this week? I could hear us, like, I could hear yeah. that conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dudes are dumb. At 18? 18 years old. <sighs> super dumb. $50. And sex? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, like I said, began to have suspicions that this, mm-hmm. that, that Angie was not a woman. Yeah. Despite his suspicions, he goes back a little over a month later. Okay. To what Angie believed was another sexual encounter. Now, I don't have the transcripts of their text messages. I don't know what he said to get back in there. But I would assume he was talking to her like, yeah, I'm going to come back over there. We're going to have fun again, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the whole time, despite if that's what he was saying, that wasn't the tutus, the reason that he returned to her, her apartment. So he okay. goes back to her dark apartment on May 31st, 2021. And by his own admission, he had the intention to find out if his hunch was true. So he had been getting like made fun of by his friends since the first time. Like, yo, I think okay, I, I think I, I, I think that was a guy. That, I thought you were gonna say that he they had feelings or something between the first time and I thought it was like no, um, it had to be somewhere it was like, I gotta figure out what's what you know what I mean? Like that, it had I, don't, to be, that I don't that I don't know. Okay. What I do know is he, his friends were making fun of him. Okay. He said, Man, yeah, I think that okay, was I, I think that, that was a yeah, man. Like, no, it wasn't, man. Da, 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 da. I'ma prove it. It was that kind of thing. I'm gonna go show y'all, I'll prove it to y'all. Yeah. So he goes back to the apartment on May twenty or May thirty first, twenty twenty one. During the evening, he used his phone flashlight to illuminate her face and confirmed his suspicions that Angie was in fact forty year old Jerry Paul Smith. Now his name is Jerry. Yes. Um I was not able to find any confirmation that Jerry identified as trans. So I would just continue to call Jerry Jerry or they or Mr. or 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 Smith. Okay. I'm not going to identify him cuz I don't I'm not going to identify them cuz I don't know how they identify. Okay. Also, you know, by his friends making fun of him and him going like I got to figure out what 
that's the you're you're the the fragile male yeah. ego. You're 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 yeah. you're you're challenging that. We've seen what happens when men get embarrassed. One of my favorite. I don't have the direct quote, but shout out to Brene Brown. She has a great show on HBO Max, and she said one of the only emotions that is acceptable in society for a man to show is violence and anger. It's one of the only ones. If you get you cry, you if you get too happy, people go, "All right, man, relax." You know, just doing a little too much smiling. You get crying, you're too sensitive, whatever. You know, people accept violence from a man a lot more ready, a lot more readily, right? So, um, him being made fun of by his friends put something in him of like, I'm gonna prove this. Yeah, and I'm gonna go over there, and if and if and if and if Angie is a girl. Then cool, maybe I'll hook up with her again. But yeah. if Angie isn't a girl, he said, I'm gonna leave. But the idea that he went over there with an if this and if that yeah, yeah. left him susceptible to violence. It's dangerous. Also shout out to uh Donald Glover. This reminds me of an Atlanta episode. You know, yes, like yes, yes. But but like, that's that's what probably he was experiencing yeah. getting roasted by his yeah. friends. And that's why, I, that's, I'm, that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. That's why I'm bringing it and up. And that's, that's an incredibly toxic culture, but it's real. Yes. That's the thing that, I, that's why, I'm going to choose my words carefully about this. Like, sometimes you need to show the ugly side of things to spark a conversation that could change people's minds. Mm -hmm. You know? Because I feel like if you watch that episode of Atlanta where, you know, there's a prison, there's a trans person in the men's side of the prison and the guy... It used to date her and all that stuff, yeah. the whole thing around it. And then they all make fun of him for having sex with a trans person. But then Donald Glover's there is the person that's like, you can do what you want, man. Sexuality's yeah. fluid. You know, he's the voice of like modern, modern think. Yeah, it's like, and then, I don't care. Yeah. Just and then everybody else around is kind yeah, of the yeah. toxic masculinity, exactly. the disgusting. And seeing that play out in a comedic way or whatever, it's, it, it, it's th a thought provoking way could change some people's minds. Yeah. But if you, treat it purely sensitively you could just see somebody you could see a show making fun of trans people mm -hmm. i think that when you when you go deeper than that sometimes you got to show the ugly to really spark the conversation mm -hmm. and i'm not looking to do that with this episode this yeah. is just the story of what happened and it's a complicated one and i don't have any degrees and gender fluidity or and i'm not the, i'm not equipped for everything but this story is an interesting one and the the results of it is an interesting one when i get to the end of this whole thing and so i felt like it was a a an opportunity to have some conversations and to shed light on a story that's I find to be super fucked up. So I'll proceed. But it's not only is it fucked up, but it's complicated. And I'll proceed with that as well. Yeah. So, like I said, um, I don't know if Jerry identifies trans, so I'm gonna try to just bear with me. I'm I'm not the I'm I'm gonna try to say them. I'm gonna try to say Jeff. Sometimes I might slip up. Just please, just the intention is all positive. I just want to say that. Um during a filmed interrogation, Etute stated that Jerry Smith swatted his hand, after which he punched Smith five times and possibly kicked, kicked his victim in the face and then ran out to the sounds of bubbling and gurgling. Mm -hmm. So he said uh, Jerry Smith swatted his hand when he had the camera flash yeah, light yeah. On, on them. And then in response to the swat, he beat the shit out of Jerry Smith, mm -hmm. punched, him, punched them five times and then possibly kicked Jerry while, while they were on the ground, yeah. right? And then ran out. Smith was discovered dead the following day after, mm. their, after their family requested a welfare check because Jerry had spoken to their brother but didn't get back to the, them the next day. Yeah. So their brother was concerned. 
The medical examiner said that Jerry died of blunt force trauma and the autopsy revealed that every bone in Jerry's face was broken. Oh my goodness. They had missing teeth and had sustained multiple facial fra- facial fractures. That's rage, man. That's rage, that's embarrassment, yeah. that's that's fear that people are going to find uh, out. Yeah. That's all of that stuff. You know, we've seen that we saw Will Smith, I hate to bring it up, but the Will Smith smack. We've seen these instances where anytime a man, a whole bunch of women can relate to this when they you walk down the street, excuse me, sweetheart. Da, 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 da. No, thank you. Well, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. And so that's what I that's why I thought Brene Brene Brown's quote, and I don't have the specific quote, but what she said about that's not unexpected. Like a woman isn't shocked when a man does that. It's almost like they, they might be afraid, but they aren't like, I can't believe that this man is reacting this way. It's yeah. like just it's just expected. Anyway, so back to Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith had fractions all over their face. And you have to remember, at the time, um, Izzy Mimmon Mimmon was an 18-year-old college athlete. Jerry Smith was a slight 40-year-old who weighed around 150 pounds. Now, while I think the bigger conversation here and the angle I'm focusing on is the homophobic attack that killed Jerry and also the defense that that was used at Mr. Atutu's trial, which was pretty egregious, I think there's another angle here, which is that the fact that Jerry Smith was a 40-year-old person who was fishing for sex from 18-year-old kids online, that does play a role in when you're talking about all the different angles and facts about the case. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that he should that I'm not saying that Jerry Smith should be dead for that, but it there is a not a purity and an innocence to their motives. Yeah. You know, now I'm not saying that your your the way you identify or your sexuality is 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 wrong, but I don't agree with 40 year old people luring 18 year old kids into sexual situations yeah. online. So that's what I mean by there's this grayness and there's 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 this like it's a complicated story. But again, I don't think Jerry Smith deserved to be beaten to death. So like I said, I haven't seen their their transcripts of their conversations. So I I am guessing when I say that it, it's possible that Jerry Smith was transparent about their age mm-hmm. with Mr. Atutu. But based on the fact that there wasn't transparency about the way that Jerry Smith identified, I'm guessing not. I'm guessing that um Izzy Mimmon didn't know that he Jerry didn't know. Smith he couldn't have. didn't know Jerry Smith was Jerry Smith. Yeah. Let alone that Jerry Smith was 40 years old. So there's some deception there. And there's deception in some other ways as well, which I'll get to. Again, nobody deserves to be dead, but there is some like deception that was at play here. One, one more time, guys, one more time. None of what I just said means a person should be dead. But it is something to consider when you're talking about the case. That's all that's all I want to say one more time. Just it's just some these are the things that happened. So Atutu was arrested on June 2nd of 2021 and charged with second-degree murder. Okay. So something I found interesting during his trial that, that took place this past month, like the verdict was this past Friday. Really? Yeah. Um, okay, it happened last, happened last year, right? It happened last yeah. year. The trial was literally this, this May. Mm. Like, just, this just, just happened. And um, he admitted on the stand that after his friends kept hassling, and, hassling him and making fun of him about whether or not Angie was a man or not, after their first meetup, 
And Tutu admitted that he went back to the friend's apartment with two friends who waited outside in the hallway of Smith's apartment complex. So there is some level of dark intent in his return, although he went on to testify, quote, if it was a man, I was just going to run out, end quote. But the idea that kind of the sole purpose for him going back to the apartment was to disprove or prove that Angie was or was not a man. And he brought his friends along, whether that was to like run out and laugh or I don't know. But I think he, it was it was more of it was more of to prove to them I'm not gay. That's that's all it was. Yeah. But the idea that they came along, it's all of it. It's all just toxic masculinity. It's all, you know, internalized homophobia. It's all it's all just a, a, a hodgepodge of a lot of complicated issues. And that's again, and also him being a dumb 18 year old kid, because if you if you think Angie's a, a man and you are not into men, then you have no reason to go back to her apartment unless your friends will never let you live it down unless you get a confirmation that she is, in fact, a woman. Yeah, because now he's categorized as this. He's gay. As his label that he's gay. And he's it's gay. like, yes, he won't be able. He, I can't live. I with can't that. live that down. I'm on the yeah. football team. All that man. I'm, I'm man. Whatever. A linebacker on the team. I need to prove to them that I'm not gay and that I'm. I had. I got my dick sucked by a woman. Yeah. So they came with him to to get confirmation. So as they waited outside, they also were not man, charged as accessory. Down. Yeah. Very okay, dumb. man. I don't give a shit, man. I'm not going. I'm not going with you. Because <laughs> I don't. My whole thing is like, we have to take Izzy Mimin Etute's word that he was going to run out, that that was his plan. But again, the idea of all that after making fun of, you know, you know, he was like, man, I can hear. I've been. And it was like a month long. It was a month. It was a a, a month, month long span that he. This has been boiling over. Yes. He's been thinking about it. And so I can fun hear of him, the build up everything. I can hear those conversations. Man, I, man, I, let me don't let me find out it, that yeah. she's a man. She better not be a man. I can hear the toxicity in those conversations. It wasn't just like, man, <laughs> if she is a man, I'm going to run out of there so hard and it's going to be crazy. And then we're all going to laugh about it. It's going to be first like, no, she better not be a man. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm gonna go over there. I'm gonna find out, man. Because if you know, if if she is a man and she tries to beat me up, y'all better come in there and help me. I can hear. I can hear that. I I, I can he, I can hear the, these conversations. I can hear these jokes. I can hear all of it. So, you know, the, and them coming along was probably they they weren't there as goons. Like they weren't there to like kick the door down and help beat this person up. But no. like it could have gone that way if they all if Jerry Smith chased. Mr. Atute out of the apartment complex and then his friends see this happening, they could all jumped on him. Like yeah. they were there. They put themselves in a situation to do something really dumb and fucked up. I don't believe that he was going to, him saying he was going to run out. It yeah. was a guy. Cause like, you, cause if he goes back and say, Hey, yeah, it was a guy. And yeah. it's like, now you definitely, what are you going to do? You won't never hit the end of it. Yeah. So you're going to, you're just going to run like, nah, that doesn't, nah, I'm not buying that. I at all. I have a hard time buying that buying as well, it. but that was that was what he told police. Yeah, well. That I I, if 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 I was going to prove that she was a woman and if she was a woman, I was going to have I don't know, have sex with her if she wanted to, but if she was a man, I was going to run. Nah. You went there to prove something. To prove something. 
And you was already you and was already skeptical about it because you went back anyway. Exactly. So you, so you like, left it open ended to exactly. like I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And the fact that you you can't say for sure to know what you were gonna do because you have all this etern- internalized hate yeah. and homophobia within you. Yeah. So that's why I say as a person now, I go, I can't I can't speak for him as a dumb, impulsive eighteen year old kid, but as a person now I would go, I would not put myself in a position to where I don't know if I'm gonna be in control of my actions based on yeah all the fucked up things that I've internalized in my life and my father and my friends and my uncles and whatever, I'm not going to put myself in a position to be in a dark apartment and find out that this person I've been having sex with is a man after I've been getting made fun of by my friends for a month. All that's building up in me. I'm this toxic dude. I don't really like gay people. All that stuff is swirling around. You want to come back out and say, oh yeah, it was a guy. No. Come on now. No. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, that's what he he said. He said, I was going to run if I found out. Anyway... Etute said that he accompanied Angie to the darkened bedroom, and after a period of time, this is the crazy part. Again, he was skeptical the first time they did anything. Yeah, he's now been make, being made fun of by his. So instead of just saying like, "Hey, are you a are you a woman biologically, or like, how do you identify? Are you a, like, or like, come in and go, hey, let's cut cut all, cut all the lights on in here. I want to see you." Instead of that, his brilliant plan to figure this out was he came in there went into the dark house, walked with Angie to the bedroom, and after a period of time, he asked to have sexual intercourse with Angie. The victim, this is according, this is all according to Izzy Miminatute, mm-hmm. because Mr. Smith is not, I mean, Smith is not alive anymore, right? So this is all according to his own testimony. Yeah. He said he asked to have sexual intercourse with, with uh, Angie. The victim, he, the victim, he testified, partially undressed and assumed a position on all fours on the bed. So already... I mean, yeah. Um, you, your speculations might be feeling a little bit like they might be true. Yeah. He proceeds. Um, Etute explained that he groped his partner, including trying to reach around for the genitals, and something felt off to him. Okay. He then pulled back his partner's sweatshirt hood, turned on his phone flashlight, and discovered that his partner had facial hair. He said, I felt, he said, I felt violated. He testified. I was shocked and in disbelief that someone had tricked me and lied to me. Mm -hmm. Atute then, then claimed he got up, stood next to the bed and asked Smith, why did, why didn't you tell me? Again, this is Atute's testimony. Smith is not here to speak for themselves. So he said, why didn't you tell me? He testified that Smith chuckled. And then reached for a Tute's crotch with one hand and then down the side of the bed with the other. This is his testimony on the stand. Almost saying like Smith was distracting him by grabbing his crotch. And yeah. then he, was re- he looked like he was reaching for something and I got scared. Yeah. This is def- I, I was in fear for my life is what he's trying to set up. So he said with his other hand, he saw Smith reaching for something down the side of the bed. Atute said once, Atute said he was worried that Smith was attempting to grab a gun, though he'd never seen a weapon which he said prompted him to punch Smith in an alleged act of self-defense. And again, so here, here's the other, here's a, a, the next interesting, here's strike two. I mean, I've said a whole bunch of strikes, but here's strike two for sure, valid, just crazy aspect of the case. Mm-hmm. So he says that on the stand, uh, I saw him reaching for something. Um, I feared for my life. I uh, just, and I thought he might have a gun. There's a video of him being interviewed like the day they arrested him, where he basically told him everything that happened. 
I told you, I told you parts of it where he said, um, they Smith swatted the phone away from my hand and then I swung on them and that whole thing. On the stand, he says, it looked like he was reaching for it looked like they were reaching for a weapon. I was afraid for my life. Now they're setting up the self defense claim. So you have to say stuff like that so you can mm. claim self defense. Yeah. I was afraid for my life. I thought that they might have a gun or a knife. Um, I was afraid. And so out of fear, I retaliated and tried to preemptively stop them from grabbing whatever they could grab. So that's what he said on the stand. But in the interview a year before, a year ago, last May, never mentioned being afraid for his life, right. never said that he saw a weapon or there was a reach for a weapon. None of that was ever said in that video, which I don't understand how I would assume that the prosecution showed that. And yet when I get to the results of this case, it's going to be really interesting. So already we have he came back. Mm-hmm. After being berated and made fun of by his friends, he still wanted to come back and verify for himself. A year ago, he didn't say anything about fear or self-defense or anything like that. Then on the stand this past weekend, he he said he was afraid for his life, thought that, uh, that he thought that Smith could have a gun or a weapon. And so in, in, in to protection of his life, he started fighting Smith. So that's strike two, kind of like your, your testimony has changed in a big way. Because you didn't say you were afraid for your life a year ago. All right. Now, it is important to mention that Jerry Smith did not own a gun, but a knife was found in between the sheets of their bed or between the mattress and the box spring of their bed, like tucked underneath the mattress. Aside from the self-defense assertion, one of the focal points of the case was the defense's pretrial motion to use the gay slash trans panic defense. This is a defense that is available for use in... 12 states have gotten rid of it. So there's still a bunch more left of the 50 that you can still use this as a defense. Hmm. Basically, the legal strategy is thought to secure more a more lenient sentence for defendants who claim that their violent acts were a response to learning a victim's sexual orientation or gender identity. Never heard that before. Yeah. Basically, they're saying... Hey, man, what do you expect? You find this gross thing out about this person that you've been having sex with and you, you expect them not to react violently? That's the defense that, that you can use in, 40, in 38 states in this mm. country. You can go, hey, man, listen, if you find out something crazy like this, how are, you, how are you expected to react? Sometimes you just fly off the hand a little bit, and that's fine. You can say that in 38 states. Now, Virginia, you could say that until April of this year. Mm. So the... The defense was like, so it's too late. It was too. It's technically too late. But what they said was, when he committed the act, it mm. was still legal. It was still gotcha. legal to use. So, still so you should disregard that it's illegal now because when he did it, it was legal. It was a legal defense. So it's still in play. Gotcha. Still, well, that's what he, that's what they asserted. Yeah, yeah. The judge, the judge didn't oh, okay. outright say that's cool, but they didn't say no. Yeah. So they basically, I think, in the situation, the judge, if if he if if he was trying to make a stand about the situation, he would go strike that from the record and jury ignore ignore that. Don't take that into consideration when you go into your deliberation. Yeah, that I don't think he did that. So the jury now goes defense act of trans and sex. You can do that. That's the thing. So now you go in the, and then now you're thinking about it. I mean, I mean, how would you react if you you did that to twelve people? You put yeah. that in twelve people's heads, and then the judge didn't go. Ignore that that was even said. I'm not letting you. It's a. It's not. It's banned now. So you can't use it. Don't even think about it. Pretend he didn't say that. I don't think the judge did that. So he left the door open for people to even just consider it when they're deliberating. Mm. 
And then they went, the defense went on to portray the victim as a sexual predator who catfished the defendant, traumatizing Etute to the point to where he allegedly had to fight for his life. Now, there are parts of that that are true. And, and I've had discussions about people and where I don't think that this is what that is, but again, I'm open to the conversation and I'm open to being wrong and I'm fine with being wrong, where people say, see, this is why the term come out is so toxic because people come out and they experience violence. So people are hesitant to come out and be authentically who they are. But that's not what this was. His brother took the stand, uh, 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 Jerry Smith's brother took the stand and said, my brother, I don't know anything about my brother being trans. They never told me that they were trans. I did know that he was an openly gay man. Um, that's what I knew him as, and I didn't approve of his lifestyle. I didn't think that was necessary to say on the stand, but that's, that's, what, that's what his brother said. So his brother knew him as an openly gay man, and yet Jerry Smith was on Tinder posing as a, a girl okay. of I don't know what age yeah. and apparently had a habit of attracting straight young black men that was like a thing that that jerry would do mm -hmm. um so uh i believe that he catfished izzy Mimenetute. do i think that that means he should be dead no but this is not simply a thing where it was like so why do, you, why do you why do you think he was catfished because he pretended to be a girl named angie and then when he came over to his house he kept the lights off and and kept a hoodie on and all of that stuff. But his but his friends knew that knew his that friends. Was, oh, that's what guy. That's why I wanted to highlight that he went back. Because whatever picture that Jerry Smith used, you never saw that person. And and if you got a a hint that this person wasn't what you were into sexually, after you already could, had a sexual act with them, you damn sure went back, went into the bedroom, and all this stuff reach around and you did all this stuff. So I don't know where your boundary is as far. Like if your boundary was really like, I don't swing that way. You probably wouldn't have gone back. Right. But we also talked about the making fun of him by his friends, the toxic masculinity, the internalized homophobia, all that stuff speaking in the back of his mind. I'm a football player. I can't go out like this. I can't let these rumors go around. So let me go try to prove that I'm wrong is what I assume his intention. I want to go prove that this is a, a woman and that I'm not gay. So do you believe... 100%, but I mean, he was absolutely catfished. Do you believe 100% that he didn't know? Had, he had any... This is... You want me to speak... That's, that's what makes this tough for me is because you want me to speak... That question is for me now. I don't know about dumb 18-year-old sex fucking obsessed boy brain. Yeah, Me but now, I go... If I walk into a house of a girl that I match with and off a picture... And I show up, and the house is dark, and she's wearing a hoodie, and she gives me fifty dollars after she gives me has oral sex with me, and I never hear her talk or I never see her face. There's no pictures in the house that I can see. The whole house is dark. I wouldn't go back. Yeah, but I mean, but that's I'm me like, now. So you, but I'm saying that do you think that he didn't have any? No idea that it was. Well, it he was clearly had some idea because he was he was skeptical. That it, he thought so that, you think he did have like yes he had, a, he, had my head like, he had an inclination that this person was not a woman. Okay, I don't think he one hundred percent. No, okay. not at all. Clearly, I, his own admission was I thought that this was his friends thought it was based on the story probably. Just like it was like I don't know, man. It might have been might have been a, a man. You but know? that's that, that's my point though. I mean, like 
he had to. So your point it, is what that he wasn't catfish? No, no. I'm saying well. He was definitely catfish. He, now, was, he was catfish. Now, but I'm saying, but I'm saying realizing that, him that he, now that's a different conversation. Whether I'm talking, he I'm realized talking before he, was, he went. Before he went, uh-huh. he had to have some idea. Not, some no, idea. I don't think he had any you, idea. You don't think he had no, any idea? No, I think he thought he was going to go meet Angie. Okay, but the same pictures that he saw, he had to show his friends, but his friends went, that might have been the guy. Well, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I, don't ha- I, didn't, I didn't look up the tender picture. So I don't know if it was Jerry Smith in a wig or just a fake picture of a girl. I don't know. Yeah, but whatever picture it was, he had to see that picture and... Sh- if I if I meet somebody new, uh-huh, and I go, hey, look at I'm showing you the best picture yes. that made me attracted to this person. Sure. I'm sure he showed the same picture to his friends, but his friends went, That's a guy, bro. That's not the basis that I don't think I don't think that was the basis off of why they thought it was a man. I think the basis of why they thought it was a man was the experience that he explained to them. Okay. You can show him the bomb picture. This is her, man. She's in Ibiza. Look, she's in a bikini. And then you go, yeah, I went over there, and this girl who's gorgeous. I'm guessing. I don't see the. I haven't seen the picture, but you can, like you said, you show him the best picture. Yeah. The girl that you go, yeah, she's fucking gorgeous, man. She's bad. I can't wait. Damn, man, shit. Oh, she got friends. That whole. I'm. T- I can hear this, right? So uh, she got friends, man. Yeah, I'll let y'all know. I'll go over. Let me. Let me get in first. And da, 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 yeah. da, da, And then you do all that, and then you go to this girl's house, who's a beautiful girl on Tinder, and the lights are off. It's not like a. She meets you at the door with some cute lingerie on or some cute little girl. You know how girl, girls show up when you bring they got a guy come yeah. over and put some cute shit on. You show up to this house, the girl has the, the lights are off and the hoodies tied around her head and you can't really see them and shit. You know, like so that I think going back to your friends and explaining that that was your experience with this girl makes them go, I don't know, man, that was that's weird. Like you didn't see her. No, oh, she had the lights off. She had a hoodie tied around her head. It's like. I don't know, man. I think that could have been a guy. I think that's where it came from. I don't know, man. I I just think, I think it was that, but it went again. I can see the conversation too, but I can I can I can see them going. Yeah, that is weird. Let me see the picture again, and then taking another look at it and go. I don't think they can go. That was a guy just based on him being like, "This is what happened that night." You don't think, think that? I think it was more like that. And all right, let me show me the picture again. Yeah, man, that might have been that might have been the dude. But you're saying based off the picture, though, like I don't. I, don't I think the picture had a lot to play, though. I, I I I don't think it was just based on him going in the house, it being dark, with the friends and go. That was a guy, man. Okay, well, it's getting into semantics now, so that's fine. I won't even. That's maybe the picture had to play into it too. My whole point is that I think that he was he was catfished. I think he was think I thought he think he thought he was going to go see a person that looked a certain way. Got there. The lights were off. The hoodie was on. But you're like, I'm here now. I'm 18. I'm horny. You know, like I'm still in. But this is weird. So that is a form of catfishing. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he didn't meet the person he thought he was going to meet. Now, that was the defense. That was the defense's whole angle was that he was so traumatized by being tricked this way and being deceived that he just, you know, and then he was scared for his life while in this dark apartment. And Jerry Smith was reaching for a weapon. Yeah. All these, com- or he could have just not told you about it. Could just, but him being eighteen, went being had 18, to go tell his friends. Brag. You gotta go, but you know that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, bro. That's that's the. I'm trying to walk this line where I'm like, I'm trying to look at it as me as an adult, but then I also understand a, a kid, a dumb eighteen year old kid, being like, man, this girl gave me oral sex. She gave me fifty dollars. I gotta go tell the homies about this. This was crazy. And then they ex- explain the whole thing, and it, like that Atlanta scene. It's, that's what you bringing that up is so funny to me that you know it's like we we saw a guy who goes, 
yeah, man, it's my girl, you know, da, 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 this, that, and the third. And then everybody around, I think it played out, I think his his story probably played out very similar to that scene. Yeah. Where it's like, what do you mean? You didn't see her, this, that, and the third. Man, that's a man. And then everybody's making fun of him. And I don't know, I'm just, practices I, I, and stuff. I think I'm just like, I think I'm trying to not, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say, I don't want to say like, I'm, I don't think I want to let him off the hook. I don't want to let him off the hook at all. But I'm just right. But I'm just I don't know, man. I I I just think him going back. I think I'm just trying to find a way to justify like him going back was it was unnecessary. You don't need to. That it was. <laughs> My whole point is that it was yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. If you th- but that's why again because I don't want to keep talking. I don't want to keep talking in circles. But I just want to try to make our points that we're saying clear. My entire point is uh, from a logical standpoint, it makes no sense for you to go back. But from a standpoint of somebody who is, uh, you know, insecure, feels like they're being attacked about their sexuality, you know, and feels like they need to prove something, prove I'm not gay, prove that I didn't have sex with a man or what, I didn't let a man do something to me, this, that, and the third. That's what sent him back there. Not logic. Yeah. Because logically you go, that was a weird experience, but whatever, got $50 out of it. I don't even need to. It was so weird. And I think, I think that it may have possibly been a guy, but I'm going to keep this to myself. But because he's dumb in 18, I got to go tell my friends. Because he's dumb in 18, all my friends are now being like, yeah, man, that is kind of weird. That might have been a that might have been a guy tricking you. Oh, now I got to go, no, no, matter of fact, I'm going to set it up. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go meet her again, and she better not be a guy. And I bet you bet money she's not. Da, 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 da. Bet you the next 50 I get because she's going to give me $50 again. <laughs> Watch, you know. And then his friends come along for the ride and all that. You know, it's all dumb. It's all stupidity. There's no logic in this. He had no reason to go back the second time. But I think that's an indictment on him that he went back the second time. Yeah. He had no reason to go back. Yeah. So, And I haven't even gotten to the verdict. So let me go ahead and lock back in. But I just want to keep, I want people to keep in mind that he went and had a strange experience by his standards and thought something was off. Went back with his friends another time over, over a month later. And he changed the story about fearing for his life from the interview where he was arrested to his testimony on the stand. Because he took he took the stand in, the, in his own trial, so keep those two things in mind. So Turk, Atute's lawyer, made arguments that Atute could not be convicted of the second degree murder because there was no malice in his actions, and that he should be found not guilty by reason of self defense, based on the fear that Smith had a hidden weapon. So that was kind of his closing statement: was that Izzy Mimin Atute didn't have any malice in his heart. When he did what he did, it was purely self-defense. Now, that's the third strike for me. And why I think Izzy Minman Itute should have been found guilty based on the three, the three strikes that, I'm, that I've stated. One, that he went back a month later. Two, that he changed his testimony on the stand. And three, there was absolutely malice in his heart because he thought that he had had sex with a man. That's the entire reason that he went back, to disprove this. And then when he was faced with the, rea- the reality that that's what happened, you're telling me he wasn't mad? There was no anger. When you, s- you can't use words like I felt betrayed and tricked and I was hurt and you, and you were mad. Yeah. So all of those things are swirling around you when you're faced with this, you touched this person's beard, maybe you felt their dick, whatever the hell happened. You're not just telling me I was like, oh, I just was so shocked and scared. And then I looked like they were reaching for a weapon. So then I beat the shit out of them and broke every bone in their face so I could run. No, no, no. Then you kicked them while he was on the ground. 
That's that's absolutely malice. So I don't really understand how his lawyer could close his argument by saying there was no anger in what in what uh, Izzy Mimin Itute did. He was purely trying to protect himself. This was a cut and dry self-defense. And so that's how this should be taken into consideration. However, on Friday, May 27, 2022, after just hours of deliberation, the jury returned a verdict of not guilty on all counts, wow. making Izzy Mimin Itute a free man. Uh, this verdict has sparked a ton of conversation online that I know we are not equipped to give our thoughts on. Had to be the self-defense strategy. It worked. Yeah, no, that's it worked. Wow. But it's also Virginia. It's also the idea that like, yeah, man, I mean, what do you expect? You you going around lying to people and and pretending to be a girl and then you you and then they find out that they're not. How do you expect people to react? We've done stories like this before. The only thing, the only difference is we've done stories like this about athletes who were sleeping with trans women and then try to turn around and say, I didn't know they were trans and then killed them in violence. I think this is a little bit different because of the fact that Jerry Smith was 40 years old and I don't think Jerry Smith was using pictures of, of Jerry Smith for their tender. I think they were catfishing. I could be wrong on that, but I think that was the case. And it's something about a 40-year-old person kind of luring in 18-year-old people that identify as straight, I assume, for the most part, under the guise of being a girl named Angie. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if you be upfront about it, I I think that things might have played out differently, but I don't know that for certain. So that's why I said the thing about coming out, about how it could be dangerous for people to come out. And I fully understand that because you put a target on your back. But this, this wasn't that. You know what I mean? Like this wasn't that. His brother came on the stand and said he had he knew him as an openly gay man. So I don't think that Jerry Smith had any kind of problem identifying as a gay person and being out about who they are. Yeah. But they wanted to have sex with young teenage athlete boys or whatever, you know? So that required some deception. The lights being out, the hoodie being on, the money, which makes it really insidious and weird why why they felt the need to give the kid money. So while there are elements of this that are absolutely homophobic and their anger, and I, I think that I think that Izzy Mimin Etute is guilty of something. What? I don't know. Maybe second-degree murder. He went back when he shouldn't have went back. He definitely violently beat this person up. Like, all of those things are true. But the deception isn't just like, oh, uh, I showed up to somewhere. It's not like it's not like Jerry Smith and Izzy and, and Tute. They went out to dinner, and Jerry Smith is there. And but he hair. he was transgender. Though. He wasn't. I don't have any confirmation. You don't even know. I don't have confirmation. Okay. So, I don't have. See, I, don't have I was thinking. I was thinking him being transgender. His brother so said I, I did not. His brother said he does not. He didn't know him to identify okay. as trans. See, my argument was him being transgender. That's why I kept saying the pictures. That's why I was that's like, what I, I thought, that's why I was telling you. I don't think that the oh, picture okay. was Jerry right. Smith. Like, I, that's looking what I, like forty okay, that's years what I was old. That's what I was thinking. A forty-year-old trans woman. That's what I, was I don't think okay. those were the pictures. I think right. that they were fake. That's pictures. why I was going against the, the catfish. Got you. Yeah, I got you now. Argument. I think okay, he. I think you. that okay. Jerry Smith was using fake okay. pictures. I don't yeah, think they yeah, were pictures of Jerry. That's why I was like, What? I was like, Now I will say I don't know that to be for certain. I don't know that to be for certain. Probably was. That's probably you know, but um, it wasn't like it wasn't like they went out on a date. Right. 
and they had dinner in the light and and then you then he has to try to discern whether or not this person is trans then go back to the apartment yeah, yeah. and make the yeah, decision yeah. on whether you guys you guys want to have mutual sex and then you find out in the in the in the moment of you guys having sex that this is a trans person if you do what you did in that situation that is absolutely a hate crime you you reacted in this violent horrible homophobic way transphobic way and you beat this person to death for who they are yeah but in the in the situation where you're like I was in the dark. Uh, they had a hoodie on. They they started doing sexual favors on me, then paid me, then I got out of there really quick. I don't really understand what was happening. Then it comes to light after everything goes down. They were 40. I'm 18. It, it, those kind of things kind of muddy it a bit for me. It's not cut and dry like uh, Jerry Smith was just living their trans life and then this person came along and thought that Jerry Smith was cute but then found out Jerry Smith was trans purely as Jerry Smith. Yeah. Not, not under the guise of any kind of deception. Like purely, I thought Jerry Smith was cute. I thought Jerry Smith was a girl named Angie. And then we went out a couple of times and then we had sex and I found out that she's a, a transgender person. And then I was so angry. I reacted and committed horrible violence against them. That's a lot different than this case. In my opinion. Now I'm, the the phone lines are open, you know what I'm saying? Well, not literally, you can't call them, but I'm just saying, like, if anybody has any disagreement or if I'm missing some nuance here, I'm open to learning, but this is a complicated issue. Now, I will end this by saying, I think Izzy Mimin and Tute is guilty of something. I mean, they, they fucking broke every bone in this person's face. Like, I, the idea that they are just innocent on all counts and walked away free. Manslaughter or something. Manslaughter, something. The lawyer came out and was like, yeah, and I think, you know, I just think that Izzy Mimmon should get a chance to go back and playing football. Like the kid, They were talking about football outside of the end of the trial. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, I think that not guilty was the wrong verdict, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Like I said, I'm going to – let me just summarize. Every, everything I just summarized, I want to just cap it off by saying I'm leaving room for growth for when people hear this episode. And I'm going to leave it at that. And we're going to go ahead and jump into the good vibes. Yes, that's right, folks. It's time for some much needed good vibes. We're going to try to, you know, inject those after, you know, kind of a heavy episode. Um, Fran, it's my turn to go first this week. And um, I found a story that. Is in the vein of the things I like to talk about. So this is my good vibe story this week. is about an all-black climbing team that <clears throat> made history by reaching the top of Mount Everest, inspiring diverse adventures. Mm. This is very much in my bag. So this month, seven members of an all-black mountain climbing team summited Mount Everest, uh, helped along by eight Sherpa guides. Even though hundreds line up to climb Mount Everest every year, only 10 black people have ever summited the highest peak on Earth before, including only one black woman, and only one black American. Um, Henderson was the leader of the expedition. So um, Henderson, their name is Philip Henderson. Yes, Philip Henderson. Philip Henderson was the leader of the expedition, which for many days meant eating, resting, gradually acclimating to breathing in one third less oxygen than is found at sea level and organizing quick jaunts up the mountain as a training regimen. Among their team can be found people from all over the U.S. and one man from Kenya. 
The group is aged between 29 to 60, whose everyday, whose everyday lives in, include being a, social, a sociology professor, a Microsoft data scientist, a chemistry teacher, a freelance photographer, and a filmmaker, and an Iraq war an Iraq War II combat veteran? I didn't... Damn. That, long, that war was that long. Iraq War II. An Ooh. Iraq War II combat vet. And climate experts. Um, somebody was quoted as saying, when children around the world see themselves reflected in this all-black expedition, they too will experience and become part of the value set that is climbing. This was a quote from Conrad Anker, founder of KCC and a colleague of Henderson's told... Uh, of a, a colleague of Henderson's. This is what they told to National Geographic. There's... A litany of things that can go wrong on Everest, and many people who reach base camp will never get the full opportunity to climb the mountain. Full Circle team member Fred Campbell from Seattle said this knowledge added to the pressure. He said it would be nice to just climb Everest, but we are representing black people, he said. As much as it is an extra burden, I think it'll have a positive impact. Now, I think that stories like this are really cool and important because as a person who I don't do anything too crazy or bold or anything like that, but there are some, there's, there are some things that like I, I get pushed back from my family. Like, Oh, that's you you can get on a plane and go fly 10 hours. Why would you go to Europe? That's crazy. There's no black people over there. Like even just flying planes in general, I got family members that have never been on a plane, you know? So I remember I read a story about uh black girls hike last year. Like just cause stuff like that, black people, it's like, um, We've been tricked by the by society that there's just stuff that's not for us, and I think that's so fucked up. And we miss out on so many experiences by putting ourselves in a box. But we've been put in that box. It's like we got put in that box and we didn't even realize it. And now we just continue to keep ourselves in that box. So stories like this, when you hear about people climbing Mount Everest in in protest, almost like they're saying, "Oh, black people have never done this. We don't do stuff like this. Oh, that's not what black people do. We don't. Go. No, fuck that. Like I'm, I want to climb Mount Everest. I want to be." The first 10 group of 10 black people to go climb Mount Everest because maybe the maybe the kids coming up, they might not climb Mount Everest. They don't need to do that, but maybe they'll go become a mountain climber, you know, do some do some, scale some walls, do whatever. Just get out of your comfort zone. Get mm-hmm. deep Because experiences like that, being out in nature or traveling abroad, these things open up your mind. They show you they just they make you think differently. And us excluding ourselves from those kinds of experiences is kind of crazy to me. But it also makes sense because that's what the world did like you know we talk about swimming and stuff like that like i love hearing about oh uh, uh all black girl swim team all black boy swim team because we're trying to break stigmas we're trying to break barriers we're trying to overcome things that we've been told we can't do so uh, this story about these black this, this black group climbing mount everest was in the vein of that and i just love that i love people get it don't don't let people put you in a box and oh you you listen to that kind of music that's not black people music all of that shit is all the same you know it's all the same now obviously mount everest is more of an extreme example but it's all the same type of stuff so shout out to that group and you know shout out to people that are pushing the barriers and breaking down stigmas and shit like that all the time i love that type of stuff yeah man that's dope i will you want to catch me yeah i won't it doesn't inspire me to climb mount everest but i somebody else maybe all the way good yeah i'm fine that's dope though uh, I kind of got two stories um, to kind of go along with with one another. Uh, the first one is um, uh, neuroscient- neuroscientists at Johns Hopkins have identified a mechanism um, in the brain behind age-related memory loss. Mm. The system lies in the 
hip the hippocamp hippocampus mm-hmm. hippocampus the memory control center of the brain and this discovery sheds fresh light on the causes of dementia and could com- and could combat alzheimer's and other age related neural neurological disorders mm. so with many <clears throat> memory disorders something is going wrong with this area says the senior author professor james um norim of the university in baltimore the mechanism lies in a tiny region called the ca3 which lies deep in the brain's temporal lobe with the hippocampus it helps us recognize patterns influencing the fine balance between pattern separation and pattern completion operations and consequently learning and learning and memory mm. when they swing out of the balance as the brain ages memory becomes impaired causing symptoms like forgetfulness or repeating oneself the hopkins team now believes based on their mice studies that this may be caused by loss of ca3 the pattern separation function fades away and the pattern completion function takes over neurons responsible for each are for each are typically more prevalent in the center and at the edge respect respectively with aging activity in the middle becomes overactive and the interplay between two regions become abnormal creating a dominance and pattern completion in normal brains patterns sorry in normal brains pattern separation and pattern completion work hand in hand and sort and make sense of perception and experiences from the most basic to the highly complex. And this part is I thought was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And the visit if you visit a restaurant with your family and a month later you visit the same restaurant with friends, you should be able to recognize it was the same restaurant. Yes. Even though some details have changed. This is pattern completion, but you also need to remember which conversations happened when so you do not confuse the two experiences. This is pattern separation. Mm. When pattern separation disappears, the pattern completion overpowers the process. With your brain, focus on the common experience of the restaurant and the exclusion of the details of the separate visits. You might remember a conversation about a trip in Italy during one visit, but mistake one. I'm sorry, but mistake who was talking. Yeah. So it's like a whole. Yeah. You put everybody. Cons of shit that your brain does where it's like separates this happened with this, yeah, and this happened there. It's like, but once one thing falls out, it disconnects. Now, you every, go, you you were you there. Go, well, I was there, you? but I don't know who what yeah. we was talking about. Or, or I was there, and I remember we were talking about this, but it wasn't. It you. wasn't you. But yeah, you're yeah. confident or sure it was you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, and and that makes a lot. Of, that that really like really put it into perspective. Right, right, yeah. right. And you know, obviously, you know, my mom passed of you know dementia all the time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, seeing. Somebody go through something like this where it's just like they can't even, um, as far as the brain, they can't even put two and two things together. Yeah. Because of the the brain is aging and, and you know, all that, types of dementia. That disconnect. The process is disconnecting. Yeah. It's like that, whatever, the completion of separation is no longer there. Yeah. And the other story I found um, kind of on the same thing, there was a couple I thought was great. And it's just kind of like some, this lighthearted thing. It's kind of like this, uh, what is the term for it? This um, this is a bittersweet moment. It was like these grandparents got divorced. Yeah, they got divorced because they have they have Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and but they they met each other. They fell for each other again, but they don't <laughs> they don't know each other. Oh wow! So, so they don't even remember that they got. They divorced. don't even remember. They don't remember they got divorced. They wow. got divorced and they got Alzheimer's. So they forgot they got divorced and they end up getting married again. 
Wow. And I thought that was like, that's. That means they were, meant, they they were, they were meant to be. They yeah, were so amazing. Yeah, they, they were meant to be. be. Yeah. And that, I feel like that's, I was like, that's. It's sad. You just hit it like, off again. Yeah. It's sad because like they don't even remember the pa- their past. Yeah, and you know we don't know. I mean, I don't. It don't say how long they was married, but right. But they were older adults. So I'm, sh- you know, they were elderly. So I'm sure they had a, probably had a long marriage, probably. Right. Sure, but they got divorced, forgot, don't even yeah. know. It's like I don't even know who you are. But, but they now, re- they recognized each other at a primal level. Yes. That like we we hit it off and like at like the core of us. Yes. Yeah. So and that's then, beautiful. And that's, I, yeah. I, I thought that was I thought that was that's super dope, man. Yeah. I that was. That was so, but you know that story is like there was they were they were meant to be yeah it's meant, it were meant to be that's beautiful man yeah man yeah that's super dope man um I don't really have any recommendations this week what I would what I would like to tell people to, and let people know to be on the lookout for depending on when this episode comes out because uh, me me and Fran we're taking an acting class this Monday oh yeah I'm really looking forward to that it's gonna be fun. Um, we just decided to do a spontaneous thing. Sometimes you gotta sharpen your sword, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you just gotta learn some new tactics and learn some new skills and, and, you know, develop yourself and and those kind of things. And our acting coach has given us a directive to, we're going to act out a scene. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm going to go live on Instagram when we do that. Okay. After, you know, once we go through the class and he teaches us some stuff, Mm -hmm. once it's time to act out the scene. I think I'm going to go live on Instagram. So people just be on the lookout this Monday. Um, if you see the little live thing up on Instagram, you might, you might, you might see some, some, some entertaining stuff from Fran. He might be getting his De Niro on. <laughs> you know I mean, so yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. How you, how you feeling about that? Cause it's your idea. Um, how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, nervous. Of course I'm always nervous, but sure. Um, yeah, I'm excited. To what are you stuff. hoping to get out of it? Um, Maybe starting a movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. you, you started in a movie and not knowing, like, um, I don't, you don't know any people's names in it. Yeah, like they're trying to I don't know. It may, it may unlock some. I don't know. I don't, we don't. Know. I, I hope to go into this and to leave and go. <clears throat> I can do. Give me, give me a script and I can just, I can bang it out. Oh, I'm excited now. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be super fun, man. Do you have any recommendations? You watch anything? Good? I haven't been watching a lot of stuff. No. No, yeah, I yeah. just found out Martin was on HBO Max. I just been so that's been keeping you occupied. Watching. I started watching King of the Hell again. Oh, never stop watching. It's so. Funny. I, started, I mean, I started like that's my purse. Going from the beginning, yeah, and because a couple stuff I forgot. I forgot. Sure. So I was like, huh. I also Watch continue to keep reminding people we own the city is really good. It's a yeah. real story. I'm behind like two weeks now. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, the the, the the I haven't seen the episode from. Well, it's not Sunday yet, but I so I'm a, I'm a, I'm caught up, but. It's a real story. It really happened. It is a real depiction of an actual thing that happened in the city of Baltimore. And something that I'm sure happens in a lot of major cities all across the United States because of this label of the war on crime. When you de- when you depict something as a war, you draw a line in the sand, you make each other enemies, and those enemies have no problem stealing from people that they feel like they're bad anyway. Like, why should they get to have this stuff and I don't? And it created this toxic environment where people were robbing people Based on the color of their skin, they were making presumptions about what their their guilt or their innocence was. And once everybody's guilty, everybody's up for grabs. So they were robbing people for on common traffic stops, just taking the money out of their pocket. They're like, "I work at I work at the, the garbage treatment plant." Like, "Yeah, sure you do, uh, uh, Pablo Escobar." Just everybody's a drug dealer, everybody's a criminal, everybody's a potential uh, threat. So everybody is fine to steal from anybody. So we own the city. It's on HBO Max. I think people should check it out. It's a really great show, but it's also really informative because it actually happened. Uh, with that being said, 
I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.